These guys know more than your favorite team's general manager. These are the Armchair Athletes, hosted by Taylor, Terrell, and Clayton. The best place to get your craving for all the top sports. Only on CMRU.ca. Buy students for you. How's, How's it going, going everybody? everybody? Uh, uh, season season three, 3 of the, the Armchair Athletes. Athletes. What is it, episode 4? Yeah. Episode 4. Um, I'm Terrell. Clayton. Taylor. And, and Will. Will. <laughs> Will, Will, from the Will is recording from a cave right now. Uh, we can't find him. Um, obviously, there's a lot happening in the in the sports world. I don't know where we want to start. Do we want to go into the NFL first? Yeah. I, I think, think so. We usually begin with it. So I think we might as well, right? I can go into my picks first. Uh, really... This is, I think, the first week where, I guess, except for Game of the Week, but who cares about that? You could argue that, I mean, both of my picks were uh, correct. I had the Chiefs over the Jets. They made that, maybe there's an asterisk on that game, even though the Chiefs won. We can get into that a little later. Um, kept it close, but yeah, Chiefs ended up winning that game. And then underdog, Texans over Steelers. Unfortunately, Texans kind of just dog-walked the Steelers. Yeah, that's fair, though. I, I don't think we can treat Texans as an underdog anymore after no. these last two games. I mean, uh, they're an underdog to Atlanta this week, I'm pretty sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's Man, ridiculous. I honestly so thought good. that I would have picked that as one of my pick, picks, but I thought that the Falcons were the underdogs. So I was like, mm, they're not going to be the Texans. Yeah, yeah it doesn't feel to, like the Texans I'll are an underdog. Check. No. Not this year. Every no. other year, it's a lock against them. And yeah. then this year, for some it reason. It says on CBS that uh, Falcons are two-point uh, favorites. So, Listen, that's not on me. I get my odds from CBS every week. So if they get it wrong, then. Fair enough. Too bad. You can't lie. CBS. I do agree that it does. The reason I picked it is because it seems that's what my pick is this week. But we'll get into that. Um, and then I had Game of the Week, Ravens versus Browns. Again, Ravens kind of just dog walked the Browns. It was an interesting week this week. It was. There was a lot of there was a lot of just random n- games that kind of happened. Yeah. So I'll go here then. My lock last week was Chiefs over Jets like Terrell. Um it it did go, but it was a close game, three point game. Uh I was hoping the Jets would pull that Me off. Too. I'm gonna be honest. I think that would have been hilarious to see Zach Wilson pull off the big win. I honestly think he had a quite a good game. He he did. It's the best he's had in a long time. He did, but since college probably. It would have just been hilarious to see him get a win over Mahomes in oh, prime absolutely. time. Um, 100%. Especially with all the hype around the Chiefs organization lately. I don't think I have to even mention why. But, yeah. Uh, upset, I had Dolphins over Bills. That one did not go in. Surprisingly, it was not a close game. Not even, Buffalo not even ran all over Miami in that one. And game of the week last week was Packers-Lions. From what I remember, because it was a Thursday night game, so a week ago... Uh, remembering back to that game, wasn't that bad of a game, but it was kind of over early. You knew who was going to win. I think Packers had some garbage time points, if I'm not mistaken, to make it close. I believe so, yeah. They had nine in the fourth quarter. so Yeah, they had some garbage time points to make it close. So, But Lions really took care of business in that Making one. Making the Seahawks look pretty good, I will say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll – did you do your picks for this uh, I haven't, no. Okay. I can do mine from I was going to say, we just restart. go last. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I was also 2-0 in the picks. I picked the Chargers over the Raiders as my lock. Mm-hmm. Ended up happening, 24-17, another closer game. And then looking back at it now, I honestly think I may have made a mistake. But I picked the Rams over the Colts. I'm pretty sure the Colts are the favorite. But I honestly could be wrong as well. Um... Either way, I picked the Rams over the Colts, and I got it right. I'm pretty sure they're the underdogs, but I can't remember now. 
Because I remember looking it up, forgetting to put it in my into the computer notes. And then, and then the next day I was like, whatever, I, that's who I pick. But I don't actually know. The Rams were the underdog. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. okay so I was two for two, which is good. Um, and my game of the week was ended up not being a very good game of the week. It was Bill's Dolphins. Well, it was a good game, but it was not the game I think we were all expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had, which are always interesting. I had upset of the week Rams Colts too. Got that one right. Had Vikings over the Panthers as a lock. Two for two. And my game of the week was Lions Packers, and it was kind of a snoozer. A little bit, yeah. I, don't know. I remember like I was playing five football and I just looked at the score and it was like twenty seven to three and I we, was like, oh. We definitely all went we went oh for four on picks for a game of the week last week. <laughs> Those That's were, okay. That doesn't really matter, though. No. What What would you? Did we all go two week? for two? Did no. you go two for two? Game of no. the week. Looking back. Like looking back. I think Taylor might have went Chiefs, been the only one. I went two for two, right? You went two for two yeah. this week. Oh, okay. My bad. And he and went Will. two for two. Oh, I guess I'm <laughs> the only non-person. God. One. Clayton starts out so Get it hot, together. And now we're all figuring it out. I'm happy I posted that back to the future graphic when I did. Mm. Game of the week. Um, I mean, we were kind of talking about. Bears Broncos as being a just a terrible game, but it ended up not being that. It bad. was actually pretty good. It, it was entertaining. Yeah. My roommate is a Broncos fan, so he was like, "I'm watching it," and I was like, "Why?" And then it ended up being actually a pretty interesting game. Did anybody? We already talked about this, I think, but did anybody watch the sto- Toy Story thing? I no, got up I for didn't. it, and I it wasn't it. on Disney. And I Canada, watched it for so like four minutes, and great on the idea. Fair enough. It's kind of funny. I feel like. It was animated by a four-year-old kid. I think though that it's. I understand that might be the point, but yeah, I feel like the NFL with the production value they have, and they're very good with their graphics and all that stuff, and like all like you know like the little like between commercials they do like those graphics about players and stuff yeah. like that. I think they could have done a better job. It's in just, my opinion, it is live. I was going to say live yeah. animation. That's though. true. That that's, that's the one thing I guess you have to give them a break for. I, and I, I was, don't. I was going to say it's not animated. It's like they're just like motion tracking the players with the yeah with the, the random the graphic thing over, over it. Yeah, I was going to so. allude to as well that, and I think Taylor kind of hinted at it, but we're not the target audience as well. No. Oh, of course not. No, 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 no. It's not. I think they still did a great job of doing something like that. Yeah. Last year they did Monsters Inc. or something, didn't they? Not? They no, did they, like a Nickelodeon game. Yeah, that oh, was. When uh, Spongebob Patrick, Patrick. Starr yes. roasted Russell Wilson. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so, like, see, like, that stuff is, like, fair enough. You're trying to get younger audiences into the game. Um, it's It also makes it, like, less violent to watch, I guess. Like, if you're a mom yeah. and your kid wants to learn how to play football, it's a little less violent way of watching. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> not going to yeah. get into the joke that me and Tara both thought of, I think. <laughs> yeah, we may, we thought of the same thing there. Um we oh, can get I in, think I know yeah, we can Anyways, get into our picks yeah. for uh, week five here. I'll start with mine. You know, the Jags have kind of they've they've put me in the mud for the past few weeks here when I pick them to be a locker and underdog. So this week I'm taking the Bills over the Jaguars. Um, the Bills after week one they've really turned it around. Josh Allen looks a lot a lot better. He has been granted not playing the best uh, competition to this point. Even though the Bill or the Dolphins obviously are a great team, their secondary isn't anything special, so he kind of just been torching everybody. So yeah, lock I have uh, Bills over Jaguars. My underdog, like we just talked about, I have the Texans over the Falcons. Whether that's a mistake on CBS's part, I'm not sure. I do agree that I'm a little surprised that Texans are the underdogs there. But we said that last week with the Dolphins over Bills, and then Bills ended up winning. So what do we know? Maybe they know something we don't. Exactly. And then for game of the week, there really weren't a lot of great picks for this, I don't think. 
um, just looking at it, and you can kind of see that we, we have a couple of the same games picked here. Um, I have Ravens at Steelers. It's an AFC North game. They always tend to be pretty good. Um, there really isn't much to say. Obviously, the Steelers got kind of dunked on by the Texans last week, so maybe it'll happen again against the Ravens, but hopefully they'll pull it together a little bit in their defense will uh, be the defense that we're used to seeing. If there's anything I have faith in, it's Mike Tomlin going above 500. So I'm That's not really true. Uh, I'll give in my picks then for week five. So my lock is Dolphins over Giants. Dolphins didn't have a great week, but again, they're playing, and we're going to get into this. I think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. They proved that this At weekend. The moment, I think so, yeah. So they got hammered by the best team in the AFC, but they're playing the Giants this week, who have been a disaster up to this point. I'm not sure if Saquon's going to be back in that game or not, but even if Saquon's in that game, I still think the Giants take care of business. It's Their offensive line is so horrific that, yeah, you're right, I don't think Saquon really will make much of a difference. And upset got the Jets over the Broncos, and I've... I mean, the Jets' defense has played well. We know that they're capable of being great. But I think this week, Zach Wilson proved himself in that game against the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. I think he'll carry that momentum into the next game against the Broncos. And as well, you've seen a different attitude from Zach Wilson on the sideline this week, which I think was promising as well. Of course, everyone remembers last season when he didn't take accountability for I think it was the loss against the Patriots, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But this week on the sideline was telling his teammate that he was the one who lost it for the Jets, which which wasn't true, was but no. it, it's a step in the right direction to take accountability. I, I will also say it's easy to take accountability if everyone can recognize the fact that you are not the reason that they lost. If you play good and then you come out and say that you know, you're the reason they lost, everyone's going to be like, wow, you're such a leader. Yeah. That's fantastic. But it's a lot easier to take accountability when you play well. It's a way to change the narrative. Yeah. Zach Wilson is humble. <laughs> So now, And then on the other side of that, the Broncos, they did win last week against the Bears. And Russ hasn't looked bad this season. He's been pretty good, I think. Uh, Cortland Sutton as well has been mm-hmm. do, pr- playing pretty well for them. But Mims has also looked quite good. Mims yeah. has looked very good. I think he has the most yards receiving in the least amount of snaps in the NFL this year, if I'm not mistaken. I just I don't care for that Broncos defense. So. No. They, Which is weird because they have individually some good players. And they also just uh, they cut Randy Gregory, who they signed yeah. earlier this offseason, and I think he only ended up playing 10 games with them. Okay. It was a five-year— this week? Yeah. Oh, wow. Five-year, $70 million contract that he yeah. signed, and then they cut him because he Holy. just has not been producing. Um, so, yeah, obviously just a lot of pieces of that defense aren't living up to the hype. And um, I was going to get into game of the week unless you have anything final to say there. So game of the week for me is Cowboys 49ers, two of the best teams in the NFC. And the Niners really haven't been tested at all this season. I don't think they've rolled over each opponent Mm -hmm. that they've played. So the Cowboys, I think, might be a bit of a challenge for them. We think so. And then, you know, they go out there and they lose to the Cardinals. And it's like, are they really? And I guess we'll find out. Did you see the Twitter feed of some uh, Niners fans saying they'll – destroy the Cowboys or whatever, and a Cowboys fan replies with, oh, you just played the worst team in the NFL, being the Cardinals. <laughs> like, what well, role are you? And then the next tweet is just the score of the Cowboys versus Cardinals. It's it's a fair comeback, I will say. Scoreboard never fails. <laughs> I also seen Skip Bayless is absolutely betting on the Cowboys to beat the Niners this week. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah. Um, I can go with mine. 
Uh, so my lock is Eagles over the Rams. I think the Eagles are very good. Even though the Rams are good, I think the Eagles are a bit better defensively too. Yeah, I think this is probably the best defense the Rams have played so far this year. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, am I wrong with that? No. I, well, I I'm just thinking. Say, I'm thinking about uh, the, top back the Seattle. Uh, he might be actually. I don't he know. is coming back this week. I'm pretty okay, sure. Okay. Well, that's well. At least he says he's activated on fantasy. So. Um, or Mine still says IR. It says IR for me, but it says it shows us. Um, on IR returning to practice is the potential points this week, and okay. it says that he has some. Okay. So he might come back. It's I think it's a game time. Decision. What, what's the catch. deal with that though? It's like 21 day practice window or something. I'm not sure. Uh, I thought he could play right away. Okay. But I I am not totally sure. It says on our the fantasy app that he is projected to get like 18 points this week. So. Usually, how I base it off if they're going to play is if they have a projection until the final day, mm-hmm. then it looks like they're going to go. Um, so I think without Cooper Cup, this is a little bit more of an open game. But I think with Cooper Cup, it could be a little closer. So thinking about it now, I probably would have picked another game, but that's okay. Underdog Colts over Titans. Find the Titans aren't that great. I think the Colts can have a bounce back game. Anthony Richardson's looked pretty good. Um, so honestly. I say this every week. I try to pick different things than you guys just to do yeah. something different. That's so, why I picked uh, Ravens, Steelers, and not yeah, Cowboys, Niners. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, exactly. So, I just kind of picked Colts over Titans just because why not. And I think Jonathan Taylor's returning this week. I know oh, is he, he was taken off the pop list. Yeah, he might be back this week. So, I think that also helps That's interesting. Um, and then my game of the week is Cowboys, Niners. But thinking about it now, it, I honestly think it might be a massacre. It could be, yeah. I just think, it like, the be. Dallas's offense is good, but they're not nearly as good as San Francisco's. And I think San Francisco often, offense is one of the better offenses I've seen in a very long time, mm-hmm. like, in general. They're just NFL, so well-rounded, yeah. Like, I think Christian McCaffrey, no matter what defense he plays against, he runs him over. Oh, he might not get four touchdowns this week. He might get two, but <laughs> even still. Um, what a loser. Man, yeah, he, God, he, he sucks. Um but yeah, so that's kind of. I think it'll be a good game. I just, I also do fear that Cowboys don't show up. They can't even beat the Cardinals. How are they going to beat the San Francisco 49ers? So yeah, that was the only qualm. I hope that it goes like how it's supposed to go. Two very good defenses, maybe a little lower scoring, which is fine as long as it's close right to the end. Um, but at the same time, I think Dallas could walk in there and get. Smoked. It is. It is just also the concern it's of in the- San Francisco, right? I don't know. I was just going to say my biggest concern for that game, and it's kind of been a concern for the Cowboys since it happened, is the Trayvon Diggs injury because mm. their secondary depth is, is just not very good, and then you've kind of seen that come back to bite them mm. uh, with that loss to the Cardinals. And then obviously the Patriots, they kind of dog walked the Patriots. Was not playing in the Cardinals? Uh, no, that was I think the first time that he got injured, okay. or the first game coming back when he got injured. Okay. I can get into my picks. I also have Cowboys, Niners. It's hard not. To pick that game, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be fun to watch. Um, yeah, like you said, two of the top teams in the NFC. How how close are the Eagles the to thing, being in the top two? The thing with the Eagles is, I think I've been a little disappointed. Like, don't get me wrong, four and record, you take that. But f- with the Eagles, I've been a little disappointed. I guess in that maybe from last season you expect their offense to yes. just roll over every team that they play yeah. again that, and you haven't really seen it hap- like i mean they put up 34 against the commanders this past week but again game went to overtime it feels like a slow 34 though like yeah the offense just seems slow it does 
And the, yes. What did they start last year? Didn't they start like tw- the, nine and one or something? Or? Something crazy where like or was it twelve and zero or something like I that? Think but they it go, didn't. They didn't were field like that crazy of a season, and then they made the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, I remember we were kind of unsure about the yeah, Eagles last year. I remember year talking too. about it saying, oh, wow, they have a good record, but they're still not looking But they that didn't great. play any strong teams. I yeah, think and I think this year, year, honestly, I think this year that's going to be the 49ers. If you look at their schedule, it's a bit of a cakewalk for them, I think. But the 49ers have been, I guess, better fle- flexing their muscles on every team. No, I'm just play. saying like their strength of schedule is one of the yeah the easiest in the NFL this year, whereas I think that was the same thing for Philadelphia last year. Yeah. They had a very yeah. weak strength of schedule. I could see the comparison, but I think the Niners are definitely stronger than the oh, Eagles last oh, year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I think so, too. I just think strength of schedule plays into that. Oh, yeah. So when the Eagles looked not that great, even though they were that good, there's some teams that are just good and good at winning games, even if they don't look that great. And A.J. Brown had a big week as well, yes. which is good to yeah. see if you're a Eagles fan because mm-hmm. it wasn't getting much production early in the season. But that was because I think Devontae Smith was – taken a lot of the targets and i think the maybe the biggest thing for this eagles team is every season that we've seen jalen hurts so far in the league he's been getting better and better and better and it seems like that improvement now is kind of starting to plateau or taper off a little bit because he has not looked nearly as dominant now obviously last week he looked uh, a lot better against the commanders and the stat line kind of reflects that but i mean before that it wasn't anything exceptional and even with like kind of par quarterback play the Eagles are still obviously 4-0 so if Jalen Hurts can get back to that um, form he was in last season there's like no reason that they can't be right back there sorry I was going to add to that I I don't know if it's that he's not getting better I think it's just what we expect from him now yeah look at people like Sam Howell or Josh Dobbs you don't know who they are before the season started and they're playing quite well Sam Howell Brought them to overtime. Yeah, you. I honestly, when he was appointed as a head quarter, uh, as the starting quarterback, I was like, why not? Um, who's their backup? Wasn't it Heineke or wasn't Heineke? Heineke went to Atlanta. I can't remember who their backup is now. Either way, I was like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah, I was like, it's going to be a rough year for them. He's actually looked really good. And Bri- so, I'll, I will say as well, Brian Robinson's played very yes. well yeah. for the Commanders. He's a dog. Oh, Jacoby Brissett went there. That's right. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like maybe it's just because we're so attached to the name of. Jalen Hurts being really good that it maybe is a little less overwhelming. Yeah, I think even, like, he just, he doesn't look as good as he did last year, even mm-hmm. if they are winning games. But I do know what you mean. I think it's just he has improved so much, and maybe this just is who he is as a quarterback now when he's reached his uh, I don't think potential. he's bad at all. No, he's he's, he's very, great. very, very yes. serviceable. I think it's just because he's had so many huge steps in the past couple of years yeah. that, like you were saying, when he's plateauing now. He's a plateauing as a great player. Yeah. It's not that he's bad. He's not it's bad, just because no. he's not taking that step. Put it this way. We talked on the show last year, first week of the season. I thought Geno Smith was a bum. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. And you did wrote you guys, him off. <laughs> we wrote him off. Put it this way. I said he was going to be terrible. I said Seattle's not going to do anything. Did I, they make the playoffs? No. Did they have a very good season and he wouldn't come back player there? Yes. Well, they did. And he did. Well, a, they did make, they make the, the playoffs, playoffs. So they just didn't get out of the wild card round. Oh, sorry. Trust me. That was, much I know. that was like, um, I was so excited after that first half of that game, man. <laughs> uh, anyways, what I'm saying is like, it caught my eye more because it's someone that I really had no faith in. Yeah. And thought like, you guys are Seattle fans. You guys can't say that you were like, yeah. Geno's I remember like, making I was number, a, I remember, one Geno supporter right here. Anyway. I remember making a joke. It might have been on the show. It might have been off the air. 
But I remember making a joke that uh, Pete Carroll announced that Geno Smith won the starting job. Yeah. And I'm like, I had like the air quotes won. Yeah. As in, honestly, it was just like, put was. it this way. Yeah. I went to the Seattle Open practice in July of last year. Yeah. To watch. They Dr- both looked Drew Locke. And that's with sorry. Sorry, I was going to say Drew Locke was supposed to be the starter from what a lot of people were thinking. That's what I was going to say. Both of them were doing a drill where it was four receivers, a running back, no defensive line, and like four corners. So they're not getting pressured. They're just standing there waiting for the guy to open. The am- I I if I had a dollar for every overthrow Geno Smith had in that practice, I would have not come back to school. Like, I swear every second play he missed the receiver by at least five yards, which I understand. It's open practice. You're getting the kinks out. But when I heard he was a starter, I was kind of blown away. I was like, that guy is the starter. Not that Drew Locke is any better. So I was like, I guess I had to pick better of the two bad ones. Ended up being great. But I think what this all stems from is I think expectation is a huge thing in sports. Yeah. Yeah. Like what we expect from Jalen Hurts now. Is like superstardom, yeah. like Mahomes level, which I don't think he really is Mahomes. I don't level. think anyone can you can expect that from anybody really. Yeah. Well, he took a huge uh, leap last year, and it's yes. not it's that was not like, reasonable to take a leap that big. He ever two years, ever. yeah, ever. Like, and getting, especially not back to back years. He's been getting exponentially better since he started the league, and he started off really bad. And I do agree with you that the jump he took from two seasons ago to last season was like so huge, and he became like the best deep thrower in the yeah. entire league. And to take another jump like that, he would be, like, better than Mahomes. Exactly. And everybody's the... like, oh, like, he's not that good anymore. What's happening to him? It's like, no, it's because he was just ridiculous the last two years yeah. from what he was at when he started his career that he's just that guy now. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was what – it was a very big tangent, but – Yeah. Um, Will, did you finish your picks? No, I'll finish that real quick. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was a good – that was a good little rant. Good discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my upset of the week, I – I don't want to seem like I'm being like a Bengals hater, <laughs> but I'm taking ca- Cardinals over Bengals. I mean, I don't hate it. They're banged up. T. Higgins is a question mark as of right now. <laughs> Joe Burrow's still obviously fighting that calf injury, and it like it shows. Mm-hmm. I think we can segue from that right into Bengals discussion. Hold on, let me let me finish this real quick, Clayton. Okay. My lock is Lions <laughs> over. Oh, I, f- I thought Lions you did. Over Panthers. Bad, we don't even have to discuss it. Yeah, Bengals, what do you have to say? So for the Bengals, we brought up two weeks ago on the show whether it was time to panic when they were 0-2. They ended up winning the game against the Rams on Monday Night Football last week, but they squeaked out that win. They didn't look all that great. And then they lost this weekend, and they got hammered. They only put three points up on the board. I think it's time for Cincinnati to panic, especially you look at that division, and I don't think you can get behind the eight ball too much in that division. So you've got the Ravens now at three and one. Are the Steelers one and three as well, or are they two and two? Two, two and two. two. Okay. And then you've got Cleveland who one and three. They're one and three. They're two and two. As are well. they two and two? Yeah. Okay. Oh. I thought they were one and three. But yeah, so now they're fourth place in that division, and I think that the Ravens are going to start running away with it. Yeah. I think they're. I I had them winning the division at the start of the year, and that was a bit of a. I was going to say I think those bottom three teams under the Ravens can flip flop. Yep. And that's anybody can come in second. That's that why I was going to bring up was that. So you have already the division winner there with the Ravens most likely, and you can't get behind the eight ball in that division too much because then you've got the other teams in the AFC competing for those three wild card spots, and Jamar Chase now I don't know if we brought him up yet, but 
what he said after the game on the weekend about how he's always effing open, I think is what he said. Yeah. So he brought that up. You can tell he's frustrated. I think the Bengals are as frustrated in general. I'm not sure if Burrow's still dealing with that injury or not. He, if he's not, I would say that there's like a 0% chance that he is not dealing with that injury. He looks like a statue in the pocket. He doesn't yeah. move, and it's on his, I believe it's on his right leg, I think is when the injury. I, I, uh, yeah, I think it's his drop back leg. So you, right leg. If, you're, if you're planting on an injured calf to try and throw the ball, you're not going to have as much power. And, yeah, he just doesn't move around in the pocket. And that Bengals offensive line has been a concern pretty much since he's got there. And they are just their offense has been so high power that it really hasn't slowed them down that much. But now that you're seeing uh, he, that he can't move around in the pocket and he can't avoid pressure, and the pressure's still getting there, he just can't um, get away from it, it's like their offense has just come to a standstill and they don't look nearly as good. It's tough because the Bengals' offensive line isn't good, no. but they're used to having a quarterback that's at least mobile that gets yeah. them out of a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Whereas now it's like you got to hold them for that much longer got, because the guy can't move. We so. got... We got 2020 Ben Roethlisberger rolling around in the pocket. Yikes. <laughs> God, what a sad and it just, sight. That and was. it just does not, it just Put doesn't work. One of those grocery cart and things from wheel them around. Yeah, I honestly. mean, Cincinnati's got a tough schedule coming up. So you get the Cardinals this week. That's not the one I was referring to. But they've got Seattle. Then they've got their bye. And then coming out of the bye, they get San Francisco in the Bay. That's going to be a tough game. I don't think they win that. Nope. They get the Bills the next week. That could be a disaster. Yeah, that's two real tough games in a row. Then they play Houston, who has been better than we expected. Yep. Houston, CJ, Houston can be 5-2. and two, And maybe we yeah. can briefly talk about Houston here because I want to talk that as well. Yeah. I just want to say about the Bengals, though, they still sell out their stadium. The cheapest ticket I see here is 190 Canadian, and it's literally out of the stadium practically. So I mean, they, they do have diehard They with... do have diehard fans. Yeah. Because this is their worst start they've had in a while. Oh, yeah. Well, they started off slow last year, too. Yeah, that's true. I, as much as it's time to panic, I think if Joe Burrow does get healthy over their but bye week, I think they have two weeks until their bye week. Right? I think at this yeah, point, so, so they play Arizona and then Seattle. Yeah, uh, but I think at this point, Joe Burrow should have been sat at the start of the season. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. And now you're getting to the point where you're kind of starting to get too deep. Where even if he does recover, say it takes two or three weeks for him to get back, you've already lost another two games. And like you said, coming out of that bye week. You're gonna have to. You're if you're sitting one and five because you're back. You're gonna have to run whoever, the table, and it's a horrifically tough schedule. So, so then you, you gotta go on a winning. Streak. Yeah. So yeah. let's say I think that they beat the Cardinals this week. I think they squeak that one out. I think the Cardinals though will give a strong showing. Yeah. Uh, I very much like Seattle oh. chances in the game the week after. So let's say that the Bengals now go two, two and, and four. four. You now have to win. I believe it would be. Let me do the math here. Eight of the next eleven to be a likely playoff team, and that's tough when you have San Francisco, Buffalo, and I haven't Houston, who's been better than we expected. C.J. Stroud, as I was going to talk about, he's been very exciting for Houston, and it's great to see uh, Houston kind of be on the rise again after a couple of years of just not being good at all. Yeah. Uh, then they get Baltimore. Pittsburgh, which those divisional matchups, there's oh, always tough, spirited. Yeah. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Pittsburgh again, Kansas City, and then Cleveland in the last week of the season. So you have so, to win. So here's some of the opponents that they have to play. Kansas they have City, one of the toughest schedules. Kansas City, Jacksonville, Baltimore, Buffalo, and San Francisco are all probable playoff teams. 
You now have to. L- they need to win, win two or three out of two those. or three of them. Yeah. Yeah. If, but yeah. that could easily be five losses, and they already have three, right? Yeah. So that means they have to win every other game to even have a chance, because yeah. that makes them what? Eight, nine, Maybe. and eight. Yeah. And then you figure they probably. And that's with not losing another game the whole mm. rest of the season. So it's going to be tough for They're Cincinnati gonna have to, to get back into it. Figure it out real quick. Yeah. Right. I wanted to talk about ticketing again. Sorry, sorry to Taylor's father, by the way. Apparently, he's oh, a Bengals no, fan. fan. He doesn't actually even watch football. He's a fake fan. Um, Ooh. I'm just kidding. I don't actually know if he does. I don't live with him anymore, so I don't really know. Um, it's crazy how you can see like fan bases and how teams are bad. The game for next week, Seattle, Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, $190 a ticket and only nosebleeds. You can get a lower bowl seat, like three behind the bench, for $25 for Arizona this week. Canadian. Wow. That's a steal. 25 Canadian. And That's to insane. be fair, Cardinals aren't even that bad this year. That's like $14 US, 15 bucks US. Yeah. Um, so what like do we want? a Big Mac meal. Literally. Yeah. So I, Like $24 is less than a freaking Domino's pizza here. Yeah. So <laughs> I say we make a trip. Armchair athletes, Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's – if you don't factor in travel costs, that's actually a pretty good deal if you just don't think about that at all. Yeah. 25 bucks for a football game, that's easy. That's free money I pretty mean, much. I mean, I wish. It's too anyway, bad we sorry, don't have NSL up here. <laughs> yeah. We could um, just go to the Stampeders. Yeah. yeah. So That's the same thing. <laughs> so I think we'll get into Seattle's game because we have a lot of narrative pushing to or, yeah, narratives to push me and Terrell. Uh, pure dominance by what I'm going to call the Legion of Spoon. I hate the comparisons to the Legion of Boom, but you want to know what? Th- I've seen this on Twitter. This is just such great wordplay that I'm I have to use it. There's the Legion of Boom. I've seen Legion of Zoom. That's another yeah. one I saw. Legion I've of seen Spoon. that one. Yep. Um, I mean, if you didn't watch that game, you missed out. Unless if you're a Giants fan, you probably <laughs> tuned out about halfway through. I um, just want to bring up as well on that pick six by Devin Witherspoon. Terrell called it the entire drive. He kept Listen. saying interception by Witherspoon, interception by Witherspoon, I am, and then it happened. I am a clairvoyant. I can see it coming. What I will say, though, is it was more like wishful thinking than me trying to predict it. I just wanted to see... <laughs> I who doesn't? Who isn't like? Oh, I hope we get an interception here. Yeah, but uh, I just count as an. I didn't really it. care. I just wanted. I specifically wanted to see Devin Witherspoon get an yeah, interception. Yeah, I'll give you it because you said exactly who was going to do it. Because he has been so fun to watch this year, and he talks so much trash on the field. It is awesome. I love it. But yeah, n- what ninety-seven yard pick six off Daniel Jones? I mean, that was just a, it was a terrible ball by Daniel Jones. I don't know what he was throwing at. It was first of all a bad read. When and you then, throw across the field like twenty yards sideways on the goal line, it's not usually a good play. It's bad read and then a bad throw on top of it. He shouldn't have thrown the ball, and then when he did throw the ball, he should have thrown it better, but he didn't. I, I think no matter how good he th- well he threw that ball, I think it was a pick either way. You just yeah, stand probably. right in front of it and pick it off, right? Like he, if he would have thrown it more to the like, well, this is going to sound dumb. If he would have thrown it more away from Devin Witherspoon, it probably wouldn't have been intercepted. But he yeah. threw it so far in, like yeah, on the outside. outside shoulder, outside shoulder, yeah. Uh, that yeah, he just basically kinda, Devin Witherspoon was already in. Stride. It looked like he was the target. It's like the a throw. steal in basketball. <laughs> yeah, like it's just maybe I shouldn't speak too soon here, but for the first time in a while, I'm not nervous when the Seahawks defense gets on the field. Yeah. Yeah, they're, and specifically, I think the biggest thing is their rushing defense has looked so much better. Their linebackers, it's got it's a great group. They've got 
Uchenna Nuo sued Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks, who's been very good this season. I've liked his play. I don't know. Boye Moffe. Boye Moffe's look great. Devin Bush. Steelers yeah. legend, Devin Bush. And Derek Hall. Derek Hall, yes. So they got, like, what, six good linebackers? And that's not even if you factor in Jamal Adams, who just got hurt. just can't, br- just oh, can't catch a break. Stay out of it. That was a tough play, and he looked was, really, really good. I was so sad when I seen that. He looked, he looked really good in the limited snaps we saw. So hopefully, you know, we have an early bye week. He oh, yeah, the bye week to, is this week. I yeah. was about to say with the tackle top, uh, yeah, the two tackles being injured, Abraham Lucas <laughs> and Charles Cross, that it's a great uh, time for the bye week. week. Yeah. Um, I honestly think Jamal Adams will be fine by next week. He's I hope got, so. He's gonna have had. He's I gonna think, have had almost two weeks he, off completely. I don't think he's gonna miss, be out for an extended period of time. So. I, it, it looked somewhat mild. Like yeah, it looked a little ooh at the starting, but then he walked it off, and then he was jarring with somebody on the sideline. Yeah. Like you could tell when a concussion's real bad when they don't speak. They have their head down. They're getting escorted in. Jamal Adams didn't look nearly as bad. I mean, also, he at least looked there. If like, you have a uh, traumatic brain injury, like a concussion, kind of messes with your emotions a little bit. So it could have been that he was still a little, his bell was rung and he was I just guess, yelling at I whoever guess, was on I the sideline. I just feel like I've seen worse. Because he did, uh, he issued an apology. He was, it was like yeah. uh, separate, like a indi- like an independent doctor for the NFL for concussion protocol. That's who he was yelling at. Mm. And he issued an apology post game. So Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe he is really bad. But I, I, it didn't <laughs> look, it didn't look as bad as what I've seen before. Um, And then you were talking about the offensive line and just the various injuries that they've had. So the starting like the at the start of the season the offensive line was uh, Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, Evan Brown, Phil Hayes, and Abe Lucas. And specifically, I think the two biggest pieces there are Cross and Lucas, yeah, because they both looked fantastic. And then their lineup in the Giants game was Stone Forsythe, Evan Brown, Olu Owatimi. And important to note on there as well, Evan Brown started off as the center. He was moved to right guard. Yeah, and then but then. Or left guard. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, so he got bumped. Uh, Olu Oluwatimi, uh, Anthony Bradford, and then Jake Curhan. So with within four weeks of the NFL season starting, the entire Seattle offensive line is different. So what I will say is I can't remember what the Seattle offensive line coach's name is. It's something Dickerson. Shout out to whatever his name is because that man has been – the offensive line has been such a just bad, bad unit – for the uh, Seahawks for a long time, going back to the Russ era. And Andy Dickerson, yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Andy Dickerson, uh, obviously they've had some uh, more talent, you know, investing that pick of Charles Cross. Uh, the offensive line has just looks so much better. And even if you take away all the talented pieces they have and it's just the backups and the depth pieces in there, they were still holding their own against the Giants. I think it was just, what, two sacks total, both uh, Kayvon Thibodeau? Yeah. Uh, and they were both on Jake Curhan. So, I mean, two two total sacks with, like, your Walmart cashier lineman out there <laughs> is, like, pretty good stuff. Um, and th- on the opposite side of that, the Seahawks defense this week, 11 sacks. 11 sacks. Set a, set a franchise record, and they didn't have a single one in their first week against the Rams, and we were a bit nervous about that. Like, there was no pressure on Matthew nope. Stafford at all that game. The next week, I think they got one. Although on I Jared must say, Goff. sorry to interrupt you, the Rams' offensive line is quite good. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not like terrible, and Matt Stafford's just a good quarterback. But the yeah, the offense, the Rams' offense is just quite a bit better than the. They just Giants get it out offense, so obviously. quick. Yeah, so yeah, but Stafford's also notorious for that. Mm-hmm. He's very good at getting it out super quick. So 
I think there's a lot of teams that go up against him, and their defenses have had good years, a lot of sacks, and then they come up against Matt Stafford, and it's just not as big of a deal. Yeah. He doesn't get sacked very often. Yeah. No matter what line he's had. So. I think. Take that with a grain of salt. I'm trying to be yeah. on the Seahawks side. Are we? Do we have any other narratives to push here from the Giants game? Um, Bobby Wagner, 17 total tackles, two sacks. That's a typical Bobby Wagner game, Matt. <laughs> um, Devin Witherspoon, seven seven tackles, two sacks, and a pick six. NFC Defensive Player of the Week. He deserves it. I don't know. He what signed else to a say. 12th man flag after the game with D. Roy. So. Listen, unfortunately to Will, who's a Patriots fan, we we probably could have come to an agreement that Christian Gonzalez was the favorite. But let's say he was healthy. I don't know. That Devin Witherspoon game might have put him over the top because that was just yeah. an absurd stat yeah, line. that was pretty crazy. It's still very early in the season, though, too. No. Gon- we're calling it right now, folks. Gonzo's out for the season, too. He is. Yeah, I did oh, see yeah, that, Obviously, yeah. it makes it a little different now. But. Um, it's Yeah. So, I mean, it is definitely a possibility for the Seahawks to have – uh, or for Devin Witherspoon to win the uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and that would be very exciting. I'm Really all it is, though, is I'm just excited we have Tariq Woolen yep. and Devin Witherspoon, and when Jamal Adams comes back, it'll be Tariq on the outside and Witherspoon on the other outside, and then Jamal kind of playing the weirdo like slot linebacker in-betweener role yeah. that he plays well. And it's just, it. yeah, you're right, it is, it is exciting to have hope in the defense again. So... What else? What else can we say? Um, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. Like the offense wasn't no. wasn't clicking that well. They've had one of. The, I think they have the second worst third down conversion rate in the NFL next to the Zach Wilson led uh, New York Jets, which obviously is not the kind of company you want to be in. They don't convert third downs a lot, um, but you know they were good enough to win the game, obviously, and uh, the defense just really. Man, if that's a down game though for K9, Ken yeah. Walker, then that something's good because <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was still even the I thought he played pretty well in that one. Gino, of course, got hurt though. Yeah. Which, uh just right at the end of the second. Well, did he come back? Yeah, he, he came back. But. We didn't even talk about uh the Drew Locke to Noah Fant, that crazy run. Said he looked like Rob Gronkowski running down the sidelines. Really it was just that New York's tackling was horrific. Noah Fant is fast though. He is fast. But they had, he. I think he. They whiffed on three tackles up the sideline. Where if they could have hit him like six mm-hmm. inches to the right, he would have stepped out of bounds. But they just couldn't do it. Uh, kept his balance, and then I think that was the drive where Kenine got to punch the yeah. ball in there. The other thing. This is the last thing we should maybe say. The run with Kenneth Walker at the very start of the game <laughs> should not have been called back. I don't care that he hit the ground. It was too cool. You got to let that play go. That would have been. That would have been the weirdest play. Rule of cool has to take over in that situation as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. NFL referees are the most uncool people in the world, though. Oh, so. yeah, and that was the other thing is the billion flags in a row against Seahawks. Yeah, so honestly, the rule of cool for those guys is not a big fortune. Granted, all those flags were deserved, I think, but still when, the when like, I think it was four or five plays in a row, yeah. they were getting the flag thrown, and it was like, can we just play the game, please? Did they still convert on that? I Drive. believe they did. Yeah. I don't think they did. No. I think they came close, but oh, like, and then was they got like called three back. yards. Yeah, yeah. they did, and then DK Metcalf had a holding call against them. And you can find this is another thing, but you can find a holding call on every offensive play if you really want to. If you slow it down enough, they're going to be grabbing people's jerseys. That's just kind of how it works. But really, Seahawks looked fantastic. Obviously, eleven sacks. They were great. Uh, it was fun to watch. Devin Witherspoon, fantastic player. And uh, hopefully Jamal Adams gets well soon and we can see the Seahawks defense at their full strength uh, coming out of the bye.
I'm going to pose a question. Where should we go from here? Should we go to the choke bowl, the tank bowl, or the Jets and Chiefs game? I don't know what bowl that would be. I think uh, the Swift Bowl. <laughs> I mean, Taylor Swift <laughs> and the NFL media, I feel like it's reached the point where people are starting to get frustrated by it and they're going to tone it down a little bit. But at the same it's time... not. And I'm going to bring this up. It's not that we have an issue with Taylor Swift. It's that it's just everywhere. It's, it's too much. It's too much. That's even what Travis Kelsey said, though. Yeah. It, it, yeah, Travis Kelsey even said it. And, yeah. So I think we can get, go through that. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was hoping Zach Wilson would pull off that win against the Chiefs. Uh, but I will say the refing in that game was not good. And I don't think it was one-sided refing, but it was just bad all around. Mm. And I think Mahomes kind of got bailed out on that one interception in the dying yeah. minutes that the refs called back for, I believe it was a holding, holding call. on sauce. And there was, I'm not sure if it was the exact same player the one before, where it was that egregious holding call on the Chiefs offensive lineman that they missed, where the Jets player had like his arms literally out. Yeah. That was, in my opinion... Kind of the same thing I said with the offense. You can find holding on pretty much any offensive play you wanted to. Realistically, if you're a, a cornerback, you're probably going to do a little bit of grabbing and, you know, tugging of the jersey at the catch point. And that's just how it works. That's kind of how Sauce plays. And um, the more egregious call was definitely the missed one on that holding where Mahomes scrambled for, what was it, the third and 22 yeah. conversion. It was like, if you watch the replay, normally I'm kind of against the, man, we lost the game because of the refs. That's stupid. The should have shouldn't have been called back, but yeah, that's why I was going to bring up is I don't believe in those conspiracies that yeah. refs are biased, but sometimes refs are just bad, and that's what I think this game was. Yeah, there is a, it wasn't like you know the ref the ref was a Taylor Swift fan and he was like I can't see my queen watch bad football and have the Chiefs lose. It's just it was a bad it was a bad call and you know bad calls happen all the time. It's just when it's a game with that much coverage and late in the game and it should have been uh, you know. Shouldn't have been a conversion on third down, third and long. It just has that much more attention on it. And, yeah, it just did not look good. Um, Let's move on to the choke bowl. Yeah. Because I was watching the end of that game, and I was I was dying laughing. Fighting. <laughs> you wanted to lose more. On one sideline, you had Josh McDaniels. On the other sideline, you had Brandon Staley. And this was a, a heavyweight fight where... Generational This jokers. would be like a heavyweight fight where both guys just missed their punches, the other guys against the ropes, and they just failed like, to put them away. But, like, missed so hard, you, like, swing, and you just tumble over Fall the edge of the ropes the ring, and out yeah. of the ring, and that's how you lose? Yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I forgot to talk about last week on the show how McDaniels should have been fired after yeah. that Patriots game. Which is just terrible. Calling a field goal on that fourth... And fourth eight. But you were already down two possessions. Yeah, and they had to get a touchdown anyways. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I mentioned how he should have been fired. But it's okay. The football gods, they allowed me to talk about it this week too because he did a horrible job in the Chargers game. So because Brandon Staley was Staleying, and he called it was on fourth and one from his own four, thir 35, I believe it was, within like the last couple minutes of the game. He called the quarterback sneak with Herbert, and it was the tush-push play, which has been controversial. It never fails. It did fail. <laughs> it's never failed. And so it looked like the so the Raiders took over from the 35, which 
Chargers should have punted being that deep in their own territory because if it fails, which it did, the Raiders take over in pretty good territory and down a touchdown, they can easily get back in it. So the Raiders had Aiden O'Connell making his first start at quarterback. The Raiders get all the way down to the three-yard line. First and goal, you've got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. This is giving me Ontario. PTSD. Yeah, flashbacks. Run the ball. Don't chime in on this one, Patriots fan. You don't need <laughs> to hear it. Just run the ball. <laughs> yeah, that might have been one yeah, of the worst coaching run. decisions ever. I don't know if you guys can ever say someone's We can talk about a worst coaching decision ever when we talk about the MLB, but... Yeah, that's okay. I think I think <laughs> it's I think the Seahawks not running the balls been I hammered think that's, in that's enough by now. Yeah. The worst one ever. I've heard it. We've heard it enough. We know that it was a bad decision. We understand. But we Josh are aware. Ma- but Josh McDaniels did the same thing on first and goal with with in the Super Bowl though. No, I mean Raiders Super Bowl maybe Raiders Super Bowl. I mean if they beat the Chargers, it's that's pretty their, cool. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, and they threw an interception, and then Staley. It didn't take him very long to make. A bad call there because he told, I forget who it was on the interception there, told him to go down at like the 10 yard line. And then Justin Herbert, the football god that he the is. The talent on the Chargers bailed <laughs> Staley out. Which kind of is always how it goes. Yeah. Justin Herbert, the man who has never done anything wrong ever, threw the ball, iced it on like a 50 yard throw. Yeah. To, was it, it was to Josh Palmer, wasn't yep. it? Yep. Who was. I did not realize was Canadian. Did you guys know that? No. He's I from Ontario. Yeah, he did. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, iced the game on like. The only a reason why is because I did a lot of in research last year because I was hurting for some injured injured receivers last year mm. in my fantasy. So okay. I looked him up and I don't know why I just looked him up so I could see his stats and it said he's from Ontario. I was like, oh, yeah. I'll pick him up just because. I didn't know that, so that was a fun fact. But there's, yeah, there, sorry, just a sidetrack. There's been a lot more Canadians recently in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's getting it's getting a little more. It's like starting to become like the NBA more and more. Yeah, I like yeah. the commercials on uh, the zone where it shows you the yeah, Canadian players. The yeah. There's like four or five new rookies this year. Yeah, a couple of good Canadians. All of them are from London, Ontario. Yeah, that's kind of how oh, it works. Oh, there's I think, th- I think there's I think one from BC. I think Palmer's from, from BC. I think Palmer's from Brampton. Like all of them are from Ontario, which is fair enough. It's still Canada though. Yeah. Um, was gonna the St. Brown brothers? I think are Ontario. Okay. Oh, Chuba Hubbard's Edmonton. Edmonton. Yeah. Still holds the record for the fastest track meet in Albertan provincial track history. Which is probably his biggest accomplishment. I would think so, too. <laughs> so as I... so gonna Sorry for circle, cutting you off. Yeah, no, all good. Circling back to the Raiders game, uh, there was a video that came out after the game of a bunch of Raiders fans going by Mark Davis's suite at SoFi Stadium and were yelling at him for McDaniels to be fired and Mark Davis was furious and yelling back. I don't know if you guys seen that video. I have not. Me neither. He but was he was telling them to smarten up. Ah, yes. Um one thing I will say is if you haven't if you don't know what Mark Davis looks like, I implore you to google him and just look at his haircut cuz it's pretty entertaining. He it's looks pretty bad. like um <laughs> He looks like David Spade and Benchwarmers. A little you bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like if he took a bowl cut, to, but with like the smallest bowl possible, and then like by accident dropped it to the back of his head. Yes, and there then we just go. Never moved it back. We up. figured it out. What's well, uh, business up front? <laughs> There's a lot Receding of business. Not yeah. a lot of business in the front, actually. Slowing down business. There's back. a lack of business in the front. So, the Chargers they won the choke bowl. Now we move on to the tank bowl, and while Denver did come out on top in terms of the score. That ultimately means Chicago won the tank ball. Absolutely. And, I mean, Chicago right now is really lo- winning the tank ball and, like, 
so many ways because Carolina gave them their draft pick. So now Chicago's sitting <laughs> one and two in this next year's draft. So Chicago, Imagine if they just draft Caleb Williams too as a joke. They're gonna they're gonna draft Caleb Williams and Drake May one and two because they're not missing on another quarterback. That's yeah. really that's really the managerial move. Right. I feel here. bad for Marvin Harrison because he's gonna go and play for a team that's gone. Well, that's how it happens when you're a, when you're a top yeah, draft. Yeah, he should just tank. Just start yeah. being bad. Yeah. Comfort to the Steelers, buddy. <laughs> I would love you on the. Yeah, Steelers. a good team. Better than the Bears. <laughs> well, so is everyone. Else. I think we'll move on to the Steelers then because I think the Steelers improve with him though, greatly. Yeah. Yes. Did you I see? Think so. I think did, we're lacking one other receiver. Did you see Matt Canada was possibly caught using burner I, accounts I, I on did Twitter? Yeah, I, I did I hear talking, about that. I was talking to you about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I didn't, didn't see it. I don't really go on Twitter. It's it's just but, it's um, hilarious. You can you can <laughs> you could tell that it's him. Because who else is defending Matt Canada? Yeah, he's oh, the only himself. Matt Canada supporter and, on Twitter. And it on... had his email in the yes, bio. His, it was like, <laughs> but it was like the it was like M asterisk asterisk and then S asterisk asterisk. So it was like Matt blank Steelers dot whatever. So it's like, oh okay, yeah. so it might actually be him. Which uh, is he's bad. But... It's so yeah. He uh, how he still has a job, I don't really know. And they promoted him. Yeah, yeah. What? Wasn't he? He was a qu- like a quarterbacks coach or an I, offensive line coach or something. I don't really pay attention. He, Mike Tomlin's good. I don't pay yeah. attention to anybody else. Mike Tomlin will never be fired. I think he's done enough for that city yeah. that he'll never get fired. He's gone past the threshold of needing. To, it's like Bill Belichick. Yeah. No matter how bad his team is anymore, he will never get fired. Yeah. Unless he does something like a Mike Babcock situation. That'd be about his only chance of him getting fired. Yeah, uh, Matt Canada was the quarterbacks coach in 2020, and then got promoted well, no to offensive coordinator. Our quarterbacks are so bad. Well, when you have again 80-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, who's yeah, that's true. I guess you're not going to really coach Ben Roethlisberger in his 23rd. That's year, true. <laughs> what, are gonna, what are you going to tell him? Yeah. <laughs> Who was the backup at that point? It was Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Again, and then he got smoked by a helmet, so that probably didn't help much either. No. Kind of crazy. <laughs> About that, that Miles Garrett did that, and the year after he won like sportsmanship award. Yeah, the Walter <laughs> Payton award, man That's of the awesome. year, right there. Fair enough. Fair enough. That he, is pretty. He, he grew funny. on his mistakes. Um, yeah, it was a turn. I, I know our offense is diabolically bad. It's it's uh, horrific. It's terrible. And we talked about it. We we talked about it last week where I went through all the stats, right? Yeah. And then they put up what was what did they put up? Only three? or Was it seven against the Texans? Did they put up a touchdown? Six. 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 Two field goals. Okay. Our, so our, our kicker is ridiculous because that's all the points we ever get. It's just our kicker. What's his, what's his name? I can't is it remember. Boswell? I think it is Boswell. There's was a clip. <laughs> I think he's point leader in Steelers history. Probably. Well, I mean, that's just kind of how kickers work. Yeah. But, um, there Especially was a, for the Steelers, though, in the last five years because they can't score any touchdowns. There was a clip of Met Canada, and I think it was Mike Tallman going into the locker room, and they were like celebrating. It must have been like earlier in the season when they won. And they were celebrating, and then Boswell was coming in behind him, and he went, we didn't win because of you, <laughs> oh, <laughs> to really? Matt Canada, as he's walking in the locker room. Like, so it's actually a real thing? Yeah, it was a video. Oh, that's funny. Um, True, yeah. though. Yeah. No, it's sad to watch them right now. Yeah. The only thing that's helping us out win any games is the defense, which has been very good. Got out better defensive yeah. squads we've had probably since, like, the Troy Paul Mali days, I would think. Yeah. Um. So if we have any chance of going 500, Matt Canada has to be gone, and the defense needs to just knock any injuries. Really, that's about the all. That's the only recipe that we have to even have a chance at the playoffs. Last yeah. year we weren't very good offensively either. So, yeah. and we ended up finishing nine and eight. So, I think it's not Pickett. As much as Pickett isn't great, I think Pickett can be okay. 
He shows flashes from time to time yep. where he can be serviceable. He's not bad. He's fast. He's got a decent enough pocket presence. He's got a good arm. When the receivers are open, it's in their lap every single time. He's very accurate, I find. It just do- it doesn't happen that often, but when it does, he's very accurate. Like a lot of George Pickens' catches are in stride in his bread basket. Mm-hmm. And I think George Pickens is a fantastic receiver. I think on any other team, he's one of the better receivers on the team. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the offense is not doing so well right now, so he doesn't look as good as he is. Um, Deontay Johnson, I think, comes back in the next couple of weeks too, which might help. Yeah. Um, I think our tight end room is good, even though Fryermuth is injured right now. Um, like I think the pieces are there. It's just it's just Matt Canada is so yeah. bad. Yeah. I wouldn't mind taking, like I said, I wouldn't mind another receiver. I think we need another big guy. I really wish we didn't get rid of Claypool. I think Claypool could have been better than in the situation he is now. Obviously. He's on the he's on the trade block. You could flip him right now. I honestly would take him back. He was good trade before him. we got him. It, he was good before. We, his rookie year, he was the best receiver in the league rookie-wise. Listen, you traded him for the 32nd overall pick. They said they're looking for a late-round pick. He? Who did they get out of him? Oh, that Wasn't that Joey Porter Jr.? At Maybe. 32? Uh, it might have been. Uh, he's pretty good. He's a corner. Yes, correct? he is. Yeah. The son of Joey Porter Sr., oh, really? in case you didn't know. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, like I think our defense is completely fine. It's long, barring any injuries. I think yeah. our defense is great. I don't think there's anything you need to change on defense. Um, oh, you're good. Um, yeah, he had an interception, I think, at the first quarter? week of the season. He might have. I don't know. Um, either way, I don't think we got anything poor in return for Claypool. I just feel like I wish we could have kept him. Obviously, same thing. I love Juju Smith-Schuster, but, and he was probably at his best in, Seattle, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And then... You know, you go to the Chiefs, and you can obviously just hide, even if you're not doing a great job. You made the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. So you don't have to be the guy that produces much in that yep. So I don't know. I think the Steelers are just a coordinator away and maybe another receiver away from being a very good team. I mean, you see what, like, a good offensive coordinator does for you. Shane Waldron in Seattle has been fantastic. Eric Bieniemy in Washington? Yeah. He's very good. It's not, and, and then I think Washington's the opposite of us. They need a couple more pieces, I believe. But they got the coordinator. Yeah. yeah. And the coordinator, obviously, it has such a huge effect because Sam Howell has been okay. And obviously, he got lit up by the Bills when they played him. I think he threw like four picks. Like we said, there was no way in heck I would have thought Sam Howell has been doing as good as he is doing now. Yeah. So. Offensive coordinator is a big deal. So whether or not you can find someone to replace Met Canada, I just find it hard to believe that there wouldn't be someone. There's not that many. There, 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 you couldn't find somebody, you know? Yeah. No, there's somebody out there. It's just I feel like. A lot of the best ones have a job. So, yeah. who are you going to take? I don't. I. I, have n- I can't think of one off the top of my head right now that's a- out of a job. Surprisingly, I also can't think of any free, unemployed offensive coordinators that, that would come are to the NFL. Slash, I can't that are good any. enough that are worth being picked up. No, I'm so, not. I'm not deep on the depth of the offensive coordinators capable of coaching in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, either that or I think. Screw it! Don't don't have an offense quarter and just make Tomlin the call play caller. Let Kenny or, yeah, or promote our special teams guy or something. Let to help Pickett him out. cook, folks. That's what yeah. we're learning. All we right. need is the guy that holds up the sign with the random guy's face on it. And those like are a so funny. I love yeah, I know those, those are great. It's like just get the special teams guy to do that. Special teams guy doesn't do anything anyways, really. And then get Matt Cannon out of there. Let Tomlin call the plays. Bill Belichick calls his plays. So yeah. Why not? Works for him. I, I, I Does it work for him? 
Defensively. Re- defensively. Okay. This year, this year, sure, maybe it hasn't, but he's been the coach for what, twenty five years, and but he's won. Does he call? He only calls defensive plays. Yeah, does he not? Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's offensive yeah. coordinator. Has he always? Has he always not called his offensive plays? I swear, for a while he called his offensive plays. I don't. Maybe he helped Matt Patricia last year, <laughs> but uh, I mean, he needs all the help. Oh no, get. Matt Patricia's not that. Yeah, he's, a defense, he's, he's a defensive team. coach calling our offense. He, he last was year. not good last year. Okay. Well, either way, I just think that Tomlin is capable of doing that if they had to. If they were in a void. I don't know why they're keeping Matt Canada on the on the team. I don't know either. Like maybe the answer isn't that simple, but it sure seems that like, way. Like you come into the room after the game and you go and you sit there and watch film as a team and you realize, why did we call that play right there? Because this guy called that play. Listen, third and long bubble screens. For yeah, the it's like, offenses. oh, let's pass it to Najee Harris it so he can works. trip and fall over himself two yards of wrong line. It always scrimmage. works. That's another thing I think we need. I forgot to mention that. Running back? Of running back. Desperately. Jaylen I think Warren, Jalen Warren is very good and he should be the starter, no doubt. I think Najee Harris parks his big old butt on the, on the bench and never gets up off of it. We'll give you Kenneth you Walker. You can block on special teams if you'd like. You can have Kenneth Walker for every one of your draft picks for the next 20 years. <laughs> I honestly... Sure. Let's go. Seattle Seahawks, hire me as your GM right now. Do I'm it. cooking. I, I want Kenneth Walker so bad. <laughs> I would I take him in a heartbeat. I'll give you pick somebody besides TJ. Okay, well, then I don't want anybody from your team. I think we'll move I on. I think you guys would easily take Pickens. Easily take Pickens. No. It's better than Smith and Jigba by a country mile, and <laughs> I don't care if that's a hot take. I mean, it's not. is your worst draft pick you've ever had. Ever? Oh, yeah, he's bad. Who? He just hasn't had opportunities. Yeah, yeah, I mean, third string. That's crazy hating right there. Yeah. That is no, diabolical that's not, that's levels not, That's not hating. I just don't think he's that good. That Everybody thought he was going to be the best receiver in the league this year. For, for, for rookies. Who? For rookies. Who said that? For rookies. Who? I saw so many things on Instagram saying he was supposed to be the best. I seen for rookies, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just he hasn't had opportunities and we discussed I don't know this. why though. He, I, I discussed we I think he's a guy that we need patience for. We talked about yeah. this like two weeks ago where I said that when both your starting tackles get hurt, the Seahawks need to have multiple tight ends on the field so one of them can pass block. That's fair. Col- enough. Okay, Colby that's Parkinson, fair who's the best pass blocking tight end in the NFL according to PFF, is out there on the field a lot. It means you can't have as many opportunities for other wide receivers like Jack Smith and Jigba. And granted, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't gotten a lot of targets because he just hasn't spent the time out on the field. I think once the tackles come back um, and he can. You I know, just feel like people like Tyler Lockett probably doesn't need to be your second wide receiver anymore. He's still good. He's good, but I think you could you could make. I think Jackson Smith can Jacob could be that guy. Well, That's, I, I think, think the whole in point a of the year draft pick. or two. Yeah, the whole it's point not of the like draft pick. Come in and be the number one guy. Like I think you. I guess, but it just happens. It happens with a lot of teams where they end up being the number Tyler one. Tyler Lockett's thirty-one. I think Jackson with and Jigba, you're correct. I think he can fill that role that Tyler Lockett does. Kind of the I, I, what I'm saying is, sorry, I didn't mean to say he was a bad draft pick. That's that was a little out of pocket. I just think the way um, he is being used right now is poor. Yeah, well, it's just I agree with you completely. It's just that you know I think have he needs to be the number two guy. I think he has the the opportunity to be to be like a Chris Olave or a. Yeah. Short, fast receiver. In the I don't know if I go that far. He's not as fast as Olave is. No, but I think he could be that type of player. I think he's just gonna he's gonna be the guy kind of like safety blanket, can sit down in zones and get open. He was ridiculous in college, yeah, and was, I know college is good. college, but I was just kind of disappointed that they they got him as a steal. I was like, that's gonna be the steal of the draft, and it just hasn't been. 
I think you're, it's four games into the season, and to judge it on like limited targets is just not really the best. Like, I guess, yeah. yeah. Zay Flowers has looked good. Who else? Quentin Johnson doesn't look good, but I didn't think he was good coming out of the draft anyways. I didn't want the Seahawks to take him. And he also hasn't got targets. Though. He hasn't got any targets. Yeah. Um, who was the other uh, receiver that was kind of getting hyped? Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Put, okay, put it that way. I think Igba should have the same amount of production that Jay Flowers set so far. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison was the guy I was thinking of. You are correct. He had a good first couple games. Yep. He's kind of fell off since yeah. then, but. But I just feel like also watching the Seattle game, I think they could have picked somebody else in that draft that may have benefited them more. Eh, I don't know. Like at pick twenty, a more depth offensive line. At pick twenty, though, there weren't that many guys. Listen, I was I was up on the draft last year, and the some of the top guys that went for offensive linemen just haven't panned out that well. So once you get to pick twenty, I think um, Swift and Jigba is like the best value at that spot, and I don't think he's going to be like immediate production sort of receiver. I just think that with the way the offense is structured right now, geez, I need some water. Um, uh, he just doesn't have the opportunity to get that many targets. Mm. And I think as his career goes on, he's going to continue to progress. And you'll kind of see him in that Tyler Lockett role where he catches the ball and isn't a ton of yak. He just gets what he can and then, you know, falls over or tries to make someone miss. Let's just let – all I'm saying is I hope that that's the case. Cause I hope so too. I think we can move on here because we've got a lot for the MLB and NHL. So we've nah, been there's talking. nothing to talk about in the MLB. <laughs> I, I say we just do NHL. I have, yeah, I, yeah. I think if if the only, there's only one thing, I want, one more thing I want to mention about the NFL, and it's that because as much as I like to take victory laps for when I'm right on this show, I also because I'm a man of integrity, I have to admit when I'm wrong. And I was wrong about Puka Nakua after week one. I didn't really give him his proper due for his performance against the Seahawks. I didn't either. I think I just said, like, they lost to a bunch of bums or at least something close to that. That was the sentiment, maybe. <laughs> he is on pace <laughs> Man, to have a season. He is He's good. Although I and think his progress will go down with the Cooper Cup coming back. I, I think it's natural that it does, but at the same time, too, you've now got... You've now got two for sure's on that offense when you only had oh, yeah. you only yeah. really had one before then. Yeah, that see that's that's a steal. Yeah, Draft steal. yeah. And I don't even think he was drafted. Was he not uh, undrafted? I want to say he, he was like really late. He He's went from in the fifth, Utah. I'm pretty sure. BYU. BYU. Okay. So and I so I, as I mentioned, I dismissed it. Um, he's balled out as Taylor mentioned, and you hit the nail on the head with that, and. As well, I want to add, he's one of the most likable players in the NFL. He seems like he's just there to play. Man, he does. And that pains me to say as a Seahawks fan that one of the most likable players is plays for the Los Angeles Rams. But he's he's got a great story as well. And, yeah, how can you not like Puka Nakua this far? Um, I know we said this is one of the last things we want to talk about very quickly. Anthony Richardson has looked so good. We're talking about the Rams, and you said you don't want a victory lap. I'm doing the exact opposite. <laughs> I am victory lapping. I wanted Seattle to take Anthony Richardson. Obviously, that didn't happen because he went the pick before. He looks so good. He's looking like Cam Newton, and this is a lazy comparison because it's just athletic quarterback with a rocket for an arm. But really, it's like in terms of athletic profile, it's like Cam Newton and kind of everybody else, and Anthony Richardson's like up there in terms of that athleticism. He's got just an absurd arm. He's so strong. And 
I think the biggest thing was just that you hope he makes the right decisions uh, on the field, and so far he has, and he's looked great in that Colts offense. And I think the other thing is that Shane Steichen going there and being the head coach uh, is a huge, huge um, positive. He's looked really good. Because their has. coaching last year was bad. Not good. Yeah. And I want to say Shane Steichen has been offensive co- – he was offensive coordinator when Justin Herbert was a rookie. He was offensive coordinator in Philly when Jalen Hurts was obviously on his improvement to last year. And now he's offensive coordinator in Indianapolis where Anthony Richardson, who's kind of seen as like a toolsy project sort of quarterback, like those other t- two guys were Herbert and Hurts, he looks like everything he's been built to be. Um, so I think the biggest maybe prop, giving props to somebody here is to Shane Steichen for just continuing to have really good track record, record in terms of development for um, – quarterbacks that just have all the tools and uh, talent in the world. I think maybe, Taylor, you're going to have to leave early. If we wanted to maybe do NBA, get your opinions on the Damian I, I, I have half an hour. If you can get hockey done in half an hour, That's I'd like true. to hear your half an hour of hockey. You'd like to hear it? Cause well, we've got... I say, can we just do the, are you just doing the your predictions and that's it or we have a whole bunch of other stuff we got to talk couple about? couple things, but they, I can get the predictions out of the way first if you want. Sure. Just, just. Oh, you got a lot of stuff here. Yeah, I'm more so get in depth okay. about each team, and then give my Stanley Cup pick at the end. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Also, I just ta- have to leave by like five. I want to mention as well. I want Terrell to talk MLB a bit this week too, because he. I had one It got cut thing. short last week. So. I had one other thing to talk about the NFL, but it's gonna be a long debate, so we can. I'll leave it to next week. Listen, it's one of those things we can talk about next. I was week. gonna yeah. say you can, we can write it down if you really feel like it after yeah, the show here. It's it's okay. Uh, just go ahead, Clayton. Okay, so this week we've got the Atlantic Division predictions. So starting off here at number one, I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I have them going to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Listen, they got over that <laughs> hill last year of getting past the first round. Now can they can they win the big one? Can they win the Stanley Cup? At two, I've got the Boston Bruins. Three, I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. Was going to have them at two until the Vasilevsky injury. At four, I've got the Buffalo Sabres snapping their playoff drought and getting the second wildcard spot in the East. Fifth, I've got Ottawa. Wouldn't surprise me if they get in, but unfortunately, somebody's got to miss out. Six, this is going to be a shocker. I've got the Florida Panthers. Seven, I've got the Detroit Red Wings. And while I think that they have playoff hopes amongst their fan base, I see six teams in that division that are clearly better than Detroit. And at eight, I've got Taylor's Montreal Canadiens. Ouch. So, I think we'll start Montreal here, just to, as you mentioned, ouch. Listen, it's not, I think the last couple of years maybe have pained you to watch the Habs. Not this year. They're going to be an exciting team, and I truly believe that. I'm not just trying to bring your hopes up. I truly believe that the Habs are on the up. Cole Caulfield might have 40 goals. I think he will. Put it this way. Last year, there was a point, we were 28 and 20, or 28 and 16 or something like that. We were like second in the Atlantic. Then every single player on our team got injured. If you, Clayton, could you, did you watch any Habs games at the end of the season last year? Did you see the roster we had? Could you name more I, than two forwards we had on that team? That's no. my point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my point there being is I think if we are healthy the entire season, I'm not going to say we're going to make the playoffs. You might be better than the Red Wings. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. I think we can finish sixth. I wouldn't doubt that. So who do, because, People th- I think we're better than the Red Wings. So people think Florida... I think a and lot of people have Florida higher than I do. Yeah, I was going to say, you put Florida quite low. 
I wouldn't say Florida is that low. I'm not going to argue with all that because I'm a Canadiens fan, and that's pretty much the only reason. I want to hear then. So you think they could finish out of the Red Wings? I don't hate that, and I almost put them ahead. Yeah. But I, I, there's a couple of who did th- you put ahead of the Florida Panthers? I had Ottawa, Buffalo. I think they're better than Ottawa. I'm that's I, I have full confidence in that Ottawa is not that deep. I don't. I don't think. I think you can swap Florida and po- Ottawa. Possibly, if Montreal reaches their full ceiling, there's definitely a chance. However, I think this. Although this, I'm not saying we're not we're not talented compared to some of those teams. No, at all. Like, I, I think this, the Sens underperformed last year at the start of the season. Yeah. That's kind of been Ottawa's weakness over the last couple Whereas of years. Canes, I feel like have been the opposite over the past couple of years. Right, they start out hot and then it dwindles at the end. Yeah, like even when we went to the Cup final that year. Uh-huh. We, that was when we had the whole Canada. You guys game. started out good and you finished. And we almost didn't make the playoffs. Yep. So, and then we ended up going crazy. So I think that's how the Canadians go. They're going to start out good. Everybody's playing really well. Young guys are playing better than they should. Injury, injury, injury. We dip, dip, dip. We lose 10 games in a row. And then it's just from there on, it's win two, lose two, win three, lose five. Like it'll just be very. Yeah. Honestly, only way I see us beating Ottawa and the Red Wings, which I think we can. We need to have a very long up. Mm-hmm. And plateau at the up. Yeah. Don't plateau at the low. Which, obviously, every single team wants that. But I think our ceiling, we could definitely be better than Detroit. I don't find Detroit that good. They got to break it, sure. But... Um, oh, I think Detroit's overrated. Yeah. And I think that Ottawa is overrated. Ottawa might be. However, the thing with the Sens, I really like their forward group. I really love their top six that they have. I would say their top six is very good. I just feel like, for some reason, last year their top six was really good, and I thought at the starting of the year they were going to be one of the best top sixes in the league, and they weren't. That's that is very true. They did add Tarasenko in the off season, believe it or not. Um, as well, Ottawa's defense I actually like heading into the season. The bottom bottom pairing's a bit weak with Eric Brandstrom, Travis Hamanick. Even then, Hamanick or Hamanick still not horrible. But their top four defense, I really like. It's got Thomas Shabbat, Jacob Chikrin, Jake Sanderson, who I think we haven't seen him at his full potential yet, and I think we could see it this year. And I, I think there's a real possibility. Maybe at the end of the season, you look at Sanderson as the top defenseman on the Sens. There's a real possibility. And then Artem Zub, who gets a lot of praise within the Sens fan base. Um, however... As I mentioned, I, I think we'll just transition into the sense here. Makes a lot of sense because we're t- already talking about them. I have them missing the playoffs, and I think a lot of people would roll their eyes at that because the Sens do have playoff hopes this year. But my issue with Ottawa, they don't have good goaltending. Like they signed Jonas Corposalo in the offseason. In my that's opinion, another big problem. I think that's another problem the Canes have too, though. And I, w- I was going to bring that up with the Canadians. I think, is it Sam Montembeau's the starter? Sam Montembeau and Jake Allen, I think they they are very much a tandem. Allen's, Allen's not horrible, but... They're very much a tandem. Yeah. They're very close to 50-50. Yeah. And I like Montembeau better. I found Jake Allen has games where he shows up and he's not bad, and then he has games where it's like, why yeah. are you here? So but that was one thing I wish that we could sign in the offseason was a goalie, and it never really happened. <laughs> so I'm hoping trade deadline, but... That was the one other weakness that I think the Canadians have. Well, at least you didn't sign Jonas Corposalo because, in my opinion, he might be the most overrated goalie in the NHL at this point. I think his entire reputation is carried by 
that 70 save game he had in the bubble three years ago because his numbers since then haven't been good um he put up solid numbers in the 20 regular season games he played with the kings last year at the end of the season after he got traded there but his playoff numbers were horrible i'm pretty sure he had an 898 around an 890 save percentage in the playoffs which is not good it's well below average and in my opinion this contract here four million dollars for five years just screams buyout at the end of it and what what doesn't make sense to me either la had goalie problems everyone was talking about it people were talking about ottawa's goalie problems so what did each of these teams do to fix their goalie problems they switched guys talbot went to la and corpus Allo went to ottawa it just doesn't make sense to me um i guess the question could be if mad sogard who i think has some potential in goal for the Sens, maybe he could save them. Have, but he would need to have a bit of a breakout season for that to happen. Where do we challenge or uh, transition to next, Taylor? Do you think we go to Toronto? I was oh, praising God. them in the rankings. Oh, I, I, I know you don't believe in the any Leafs. Player, I would rather Vegas win for the next ten years, Clayton. Than well, so would I. Toronto, Toronto to win. Well, yeah, that was a bad <laughs> I'd rather. I don't know. Boston. Nope. Mm. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> mm, lesser of two evils honestly, with that one for honestly, you. I, I honestly think I would rather Boston win than Toronto. Yeah. I, for me, we've already talked about this before. It goes Toronto, Vancouver, Boston. Yeah. Uh, I might actually go Vancouver, Toronto, Boston. <laughs> I know you're not I a Canucks really, fan either. I really, really do not like the Canucks. But I, I'm so confident Canucks are not going to win one for so long that I don't have to worry about that. The Toronto Maple Leafs scare me a little bit because they are very good, and they did load up. But the same narrative comes back every single year. They're the exact same thing as the Cowboys for football. America's team, which is like Toronto Maple Leafs being Canada's team, they're going to be the best. Look who they signed. They're going to be great. Cowboys lose to the Cardinals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every single year it's the same thing. Every single year. Every single year there's the one guy on TSN that says they're going to win. They're gonna they're gonna do it this year. They have the best team. They have Austin Matthews. Da 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 da. And it never ever ever works out. Fair enough. This year they loaded up. They got Tyler Bertuzzi. They got a couple good players. If it wasn't Toronto Maple Leafs and it was another team with another crest on their shirt, I would probably agree with you. I just think there's some sort of curse going on with that team, and they just it doesn't matter. And we were just talking about goaltending. Don't think their goaltending is good enough. I think I think it was good this last season, but you haven't seen it over a long stretch. I was gonna say it was a fluke. It's. It, and it very well could be. Um, Elias Samsonov, I, I of course, the guy in goal just, there. Eh. Joseph Wall, I'm pretty sure, might be the backup this year with Matt Murray on LTIR the whole season. Yeah. Like, but I think Jack Campbell was good. Yeah. And then he went to Edmonton and is meh now. Yeah. But um, I can't remember the last time Maple Leafs had a stud, stud goalie. Freddie? Would you say he was a stud though, like a stud? Like, yeah. Would you say he's I think we'd need. I think we would need Truman on the show. Curtis Joseph was very good for them. Yeah, but how old were we when Curtis Joseph was good? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? Like, Truman. they haven't had a very good goalie, like a, like a, a, a top ten goalie in probably since Curtis Joseph. If Truman's listening right now, it's unfortunate we couldn't have him on the show again this week, but he's got conflicting schedules. Like, just wanted to say here, if Truman's listening, he's definitely yelling at us right now, go, yelling some name. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would still, like, it. Ha- there's no weapon of goal that stands out in my brain. Yeah. And, of course, last year with Vegas, when they won, I don't know if it was really the goaltending that did it. I think it's just the rest of their team. Yeah. And usually the Maple Leafs, a lot of the narrative is, 
it's going to be the rest of their team. We don't need to worry about paying a goalie. I think it's going to become the time soon enough. If they don't win it this year, pay a goalie. Pay a goalie. You have yeah. to pay a goalie. And oh. I don't know, new management in the front office, maybe it'll be finally that time where they pay a goalie. I think that's their one missing piece. The only reason why the Canadians in my lifetime have even made it close is because of our goalie. Yeah. Which we are obviously the opposite of the Maple Leafs usually. Talent up front, not even close. I would take any of the guys from the Maple Leafs and put them on the Canadians. But I think that is their one weakness a lot. Obviously, a lot of the time the forwards don't show up. This year, when they made it past the first round, is because the first round forwards showed up. Yeah. But I think it always seems to be the goalie at the end of the day that makes them have the same outcome every single year. That's just my opinion. And I'm obviously not a hockey guy like you as much anymore because my team has been so bad for so long <laughs> that I don't watch I don't blame much you. anymore. But that is kind of my thoughts. I don't usually chime in on yeah. hockey this much, but I Atlantic Division is the one that I watch the most. Yeah. So... And I'll, I'll just mention here about Toronto. As you mentioned, Taylor, they loaded up in the offseason. Tyler Bertuzzi, you mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Love that move for the Leafs. Oh, yeah. And he's he's one of those guys, brings grit, which maybe some people have felt the, leaks la- the Leafs lacked in the past. I think they've lacked that for... That's I don't think that they've time. lacked the grit, but it's that I don't think the top guys have that grit. You well, know what I mean? And the thing, the thing about Tyler I mean, Bertuzzi, Ryan O'Reilly's not afraid to get into the mix, uh, but he's... But I think the, Ryan O'Reilly was at his... He's at his tail end of his career. And he's so, he's not the same level as Bertuzzi when it comes to grit. Yeah, and grit and talent is a very good combo. And the Maple Leafs haven't had that in forever. Yeah. Like, the last, like, grit star player the Maple Leafs had, who? Wendell Clark? Yeah. Like, something where it's an actual combination. Tar- Darcy Tucker. Yeah, where it's an actual combination of you're a good hockey player and you're tough. Yeah. The top two lines for the Maple Leafs for a long time have not have not been like that, right? Yeah. It's just pure goal scoring and talent, pure playmaking talent, no grit whatsoever. So a lot of the times, the reason why the Canadians beat them a couple of years ago, they just outworked them. Yeah, that was there was no there's no way in heck we should have even had a chance, and I think we just completely outworked them. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that they, they, uh, that was a good move for them is just they need people that are willing to work hard. Matthews can show up. He's going to score 60 goals and just because he's talented. Yeah. He doesn't have to put in that kind of work that all of those other guys do. And I think that's the one thing that is good about the whole Bertuzzi thing. They just need more grit. And as well, they did add Max Domi as well. Uh, his dad, of course, Leafs legend, Ty. Oh, yeah. And then John Klingberg as well on the blue line. And as I mentioned, it's no longer can the Leafs win around because they have. It's now can they win the Stanley Cup. And That's another part that they've been weak over the past couple of years is defense as well. I feel like they've very, been very top-heavy, so yeah. Klingberg's another good pickup. Moving on here, Boston. They're not going to be the regular season juggernaut they were last year, especially with the retirements of Bergeron and Krejci. There's too much elite talent to miss again, though. Uh, they've got Pasternak, Marshan, McAvoy, all those guys still elite players in the NHL, and they've got the best goalie duo in the NHL, and I don't think it's close, Jeremy Swayman. And Linus Olmark, who I, won the Vesna last year. One of those guys is on my hot list for the Canadians to sign in. If they are willing to give up one of the two yeah. teams, I would take either of them. I, I don't blame you. Them, or we, I was talking to Zach today, not my friend Zach, Zach. Petropolis. From, Petropolis from, from the program, and I was talking to him, and I was like, Vladar or Wolf. Considering Wolf got yeah. sent to the minors today, I think that's another goalie for the hot list of the Canadians. Because 
Possibly. I don't see them trading Wolf just because of so much potential. I think you'd be foolish. I know, but I think it's getting to that point, and Zach mentioned this. He's been sent down so many times. So they obviously don't that's, have that much faith, right? Yeah, like, that's he true. He would be the backup goalie for sure. Uh-huh. He should be by now. It's been three or four seasons where he's been sent down, and he should be the, the, the second goalie. He honestly could have had the starting job last year, how bad Markstrom was. Yeah. So... And I want to mention about Toronto as well. To me, they're the only for sure playoff team in this division. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, I could see Boston maybe having a down year and fall out with the other teams possibly being in the mix. But and we already also talked about, I think Florida is much better than six. Yeah. And they would be in any other division. Tampa, I would have them as my second spot, as I mentioned, if it wasn't for the Vasilevsky mm-hmm. needing surgery and missing two months at the start of the season. If they can stay afloat in that time, by the time Vassy comes back, there's a possibility that they do well. But he did have, or yeah, so they've got Brian Elliott taking over the starting reins for the first two months. And I think like Boston, there's just too much talent to miss. Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, Hedman on the blue line, who's maybe not as good as he used to be. All just studs that have been there forever. And they've got a championship pedigree. I was going to say, they're kind of giving me a vibe of what the Boston was last year. They could do this year. Just all very experienced guys. I think they didn't load up as much as, say, the Maple Leafs did. Yeah. But um, championship pedigree, all very good players. I could see if Stamkos stays healthy all year, 40-goal guy. Yeah. You don't it's, – it, it's a way more safe bet than most other teams in this conference. Definitely. And Kalorn did leave, but they still got a great team. Going to try and fly through these last two teams here so that Terrell still has time at the end. I've still got to get to get my cup pick as well. Um, Buffalo Sabres, I think they snapped their playoff drought this year. This team's turnaround is 100% on general manager Kevin Adams. Done a fantastic job since taking over, and I believe it was the 2021 season. Um, and yeah, they're an ex- they were an exciting team last season. Remember Tage Watch? Of course you do if you're a long-time armchair athletes listener. Uh, and they missed by only a point. Had they not had atrocious goaltending and maybe atrocious is a strong word, but Uko Pekalukanen, think of that name for a second, never if you've never it. heard of it. Yeah. No, World Juniors legend, but still was their starter last year. Wasn't great. Eric Comrie was not good. They brought in Devin Levi for the last few games this season who was coming out of college. He played good. I think that he stabilizes their goaltending this year as the starter, and I think he possibly finishes as a Calder finalist for Rookie of the Year. So I think Buffalo gets in. Uh, moving on here, the Panthers. That was the one I'm guessing people rolled their eyes at the most because they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. They were blah, blah, blah. I don't care. <laughs> Here's why I don't... So, and especially to have them at six, I think is a bit of a low ranking, as Taylor mentioned. Here's why I think the Panthers miss. First off, it's a loaded conference. Wouldn't surprise me if they do find a way in. Matthew Kachuk is fantastic. I'm not doubting his abilities at all. He's a potential heart finalist when you have him on your team. However, I think they got in by a fluke last season. If you think about it, if the Penguins don't lose to two of the most pathetic teams in hockey, this run never happens. Also, Chicago doesn't get Bedard, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> uh, the Bobrovsky that I think we saw in the finals that struggled, I think that's the Bobrovsky that we see this season, not the one that we've seen in the first three rounds. And keep in mind, playoffs are a different beast. Bobrovsky was playing fantastic, but is there that same motivation over an 82-game regular season? I don't think so. 
Spencer Knight, the backup for them. Honestly, I'd take Spencer Knight over a lot of other backups in the NHL. The issue is is that he's missed a lot of hockey last year. And you know what? Maybe he can save him in goal, but I think it might take him a bit to get up to speed in that. So if he is the guy in goal for Florida, who knows? Maybe they could get in, but I just don't. I'm not confident in Florida's goaltending. Also, they their defense to start off the year is not good. Just gonna bring it up here on my um, thing here, Taylor. If you want to quickly give your thoughts on the Panthers, um, uh, like I said, I I think they're maybe better than you rank them. But yeah. like you said, you kind of backed up your statement. Wouldn't surprise me if they got in. Yeah. Right. Like that's just a very wide open Atlantic Division. Like you said, I think Maple Leafs. There's maybe a lot of good one teams. Of the only ones that would make the playoffs. Um, I think Tampa Bay is a lock too, unless there's. Unless injuries. they struggle heavily with Elliot and that. Yeah, that's the one thing, is Elliot and Nett at the starting scene. Although, if Vasilevsky comes back after a month, there's no way they're going to go 0 Two. Tw- two months? Two months. Okay. There's no way they're going to go 0 in whatever, 25 in the first two months. Yeah. Yeah, they might be four or five games under 500. I, I think if they're around 500, they're fine. I was going to say, even if they're four to five games under 500, they're going to go on a streak when Vasilevsky comes back in and they're going to be fine. So, as long as Vasilevsky doesn't have any setbacks... I think they're in good shape. And as long as those older front six guys don't get any injury, super bad injuries, but that can happen with any hockey team, I think they're a lock as well. I think Maple Leafs, as much as it's sad to say, I think yeah. they're a lock. And Tampa Bay, lock. I think three through eight could be really different by the end of the year. We could have the Canadians in third place. Yeah. Which I doubt, but you never know. That, that kind of middle to low end of the Atlantic I think I honestly think that you know team, you you don't know for sure. I think the, honestly the eighth team in the Atlantic could be better than a lot of teams in all the other in the other conference. And it's very possible. And so I, I was going to mention Florida's defense, which is not good to start the year. Here's their six guys: Gustav Forsling, who's all right. I'll give him his due. He's underrated player, I think. Oliver Ekman Larson. Swear it gets bad. Nico Mikola, Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Mahura, and Mike Riley. Where did um, Montour So Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour are injured to start the year. Oh. Their timetable, it's a bit iffy. If they might come back anywhere between November and January. It's very possible that the Panthers get behind the eight ball by that point in the season if goaltending does not hold up, which I do not expect it to. And I do not like their defense, as I mentioned. So therefore, the other five teams I have ahead of them, I give them the edge over the Panthers right now. Even Matthew Kachuk, as I mentioned, an elite talent, but, man, when they played Vegas in the finals, I'm not going to lie. I looked at the roster then, and I said, how did this team get to the get to this point? And I think you kind of seen it, and that's what I expect. I is think... That the, just going to finish off yeah, here. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, but uh, I think the team that you saw in the finals get dominated, I think that's closer to the team that we see in the regular season this year than the team in the first three rounds. I think, though, the reason why they got to the finals same thing we were talking about before. Working hard sometimes helps. Yeah. As much as yes, their their defense got much weaker. I think Montour's an elite defenseman. He he's turning into one for sure. I think he's very 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 good. From what I from what I didn't watch a lot of playoff hockey, but I watched quite a bit. He always stood out to me when I was watching any of the Florida games. Stanley Cup Finals, I did actually watch quite a bit. I think he stood out. As much as they got beat, I think Montour was a, a standout. Yeah. So yes, of course that'll be a struggle if they don't come back till January. But I think the Florida Panthers are a very grit, great team, and I think they might grit out some wins. Again, you could be completely nail on the head, and they might not win any games. 
yeah. and they might be poor. But I think the way they work, they do have a strong work ethic. Out, then uh, you again, it's a toss up. So yeah. I think that's kind of the Atlantic Division in a nutshell. It's just it's a toss up. And that's the last team here, the Red Wings. Their fans have hopes of the playoffs, but their six teams better than them. Mo Sider, love him, gonna have a good year, I think. The rest of the defense is washed up, to put it that way. Their forwards are fine, but their top talent isn't nearly as good as, say, Buffalo or Ottawa. Um, I didn't like this team's offseason. Hated the JT Comfort contract. It screams buyout to me. Justin Hall is a bad signing. Um, their goalie tandem isn't good. Reimer and Huso both had horrible numbers last season. There we go. That is the Atlantic Division predictions. Now I'm going to do my cup prediction here quick. Should be the last thing on the table here for this week's Armchair Athletes NHL segment. We'll get to the Blue Jays talk here shortly. I know Terrell might be, I don't know, Terrell, are you uh, excited to talk Blue Jays here after this? Yeah, obviously. Why wouldn't <laughs> I be? There's no reason for me not to be excited. Oh, one last thing I want to bring up before we talk, get my Stanley Cup prediction. Just want to send out thoughts and prayers to the family of Flames assistant GM Chris Snow, who died this week after a four-year battle with ALS. The entire hockey world is saddened by that news. And once again, just hope. Um, thoughts and prayers out to his family way too young um so stanley cup pick so my stanley cup champions for the 2023 to 24 season the dallas stars will beat the toronto maple leafs to win it all this year i think dallas's forward group is crazy good especially with the addition of matt duchene in the off season I think they'll add a defenseman at the trade deadline to this team, and I think he'll strengthen that defense core. And they've got superstars all around this lineup. Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, Miro Heiskanen, and I think Jake Ottinger is capable of taking this team on a deep playoff run. Therefore, I like the Dallas Stars to win it all in 2024. And hey, they've got a lot of playoff experience as well. Been to the Western Conference Finals now last year. We're, at, we're in the Stanley Cup Finals in the bubble in 2020. And... I think this team is better than that team, for being honest. So, Taylor, your thoughts on that cup pick? Well, I was actually hoping that Zach would be texting me like he usually does in every episode, because I know he'd probably not agree with you. Um, not like this Dallas. is where my knowledge of hockey is gray. Um, like I said before, I watch a lot of Eastern hockey, not a lot of Western hockey. So, I'm not always super familiar with Dallas Stars. I know that they show up in the um, playoffs. Playoffs. Very good goalie, Jake Ottinger. Another guy I would give up a lot for. For if I was the Canadians, I would love Jake Ottinger. I don't think Dallas Stars give up, give him up, but like one of those types of goalies, um, Joe Pavelski, unbelievable in the playoffs every year. Like he just kind of just shows up and he's just good. I forgot to mention. Him. I really want to see him get a cup. I think yeah, as a hockey he's fan, just always there for one of the best players in the playoffs. Man, and he always shows up every season. He's an ageless wonder in the NHL. And nope. I mean, he's had some moments against Vegas that would make me make you think that I wouldn't be a fan of his. But I am. He's a great player. Oh, uh, this was not the response I was expecting. Zach Ranjo, shout out to you, buddy. I'm reading your text right you now. You know what? He Zach? said honestly, I agree. But he said I don't agree with the Leafs in the finals. And a lot of people will because it's the Leafs. It's a polarizing pick. Mm-hmm. I, I expect a lot of people to give me backlash <laughs> on that. He said Dallas is going to be a wagon. Alrighty, you know what? Hey, shout out to Zach, by the way. He's always commenting on the Armchair Athletes post. Might be him and Jaden, I think, should have a 
might be the competition between the number one fan of the armchair athletes. I think it's Zach by far because he okay. actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry to Jaden. He just kind of comments randomly. Zach actually shows up every single day hey. and listens to the whole thing. So shout out to Zach. Shout if out Jaden's Zach. listening, then he would hear that. Jaden, it's time He's to not prove. No. So that's exactly what Jayden, I mean. Jaden, it's unless, time to prove why unless, you're the number one fan. Although he did tell me that he did listen to the last one on Spotify while he was at work. So Ooh, okay. Yeah, he hated the my Crosby take. I know that. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh <laughs> fan. Fair enough. I'm, I'm also receiving texts right now from my girlfriend who wants oh. to be in the run for biggest fan. Is she? Okay. She, watch, she listens live okay. Okay. every episode. So does okay. Zach. And the he only thing, the only oh, thing that true. I reason why I think Zach beats it, we're on season three. He's listened to every single episode. Okay. Yeah. But she did create the graphic for the show, did she not? She did. So, <laughs> shout out and to Zach Jana. just commented me, to me saying, this pod is the reason I wake up every day. Uh, okay. okay. Well. That's hard to beat. Maybe yeah. we'll just need a we'll just need a armchair athletes fan club and those three are the first three people yeah, in that's it. True. So, uh they get t shirts. That's <laughs> that's really it for NHL news. Duck signed Trevor Zegers, great contract. That's about it. Uh, I have five minutes if we can get through everything else. If we can, if we can, I think I no. I don't want to rush. I don't want to rush Tara on this talk. No, sorry, I Taylor, was gonna. I, no, no. I want to. I want to hear this rant. I was. I, I gonna, don't think I'm there's much to say it. though. I'm saving that's it why because that's, that might be the good thing. Yeah. Because I wanted to very quickly just talk about the Damian Lillard trade. Mm. I think we go NBA here. really quick. Uh, yes. I don't. I'm gonna have to leave in a couple minutes, so just that's that's exactly why. Sorry, I won't be here for the baseball champ. But so very quickly, just go through the uh, the kind of the final tally that. Uh, Portland got for Damian Lillard. Obviously, I guess we should uh, give some context here. Damian Lillard, who's been in trade talk since the dawn of time. Also, it was hilarious last week. The that timing Will, on it was... Oh Will went God. off on it, and then all of a sudden, two hours oh. later, he got traded. It on. was so good. The only time we've done a morning show with the armchair athletes, and like an hour later, Damian Lillard gets dealt. We don't get to talk about it till. That seems to happen to us a lot. With I didn't even have the podcast edited at that point. It was so. It was just such We should have just timing. dubbed it in there. It did break during possibly uh, the most boring class. class ever, so that was just awesome. <laughs> That's that was true. that was a great pick me up. That was true. Uh, yeah. So, shout out to Brad though. The, shout out to Brad, <laughs> but it it gets old. Wasn't during that class. It was during it was during our um, web seminar work prep work yeah. prep seminar. Okay. But yeah, so for Portland, they got DeAndre <laughs> Ayton, Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Tumani Kamara, three firsts. I think Robert Williams and Williams is the de- is the steal in that. Yeah, he is. That he is a stud. I wish the Raptors got him. And then twenty twenty eight, twenty thirty, Milwaukee pick swaps. So, are we talking the Celtics trade here? This is this is just everything that okay. Portland's has the got. The Portland like it was a three As team, a right? I I honestly think Robert Williams is a stud, and I wish the Raptors had him. I love Robert Williams. He can't stay on the floor. <laughs> He's great when he's on the floor, but he is hardly on the floor. Yes. Foul trouble? You talking about? No, injuries. no injuries. And it's kind of tough. Last too, year he. he didn't play a lot the year before he played 82 did he not uh, no i don't think so i don't know if he ever has i don't yeah i don't think he has either mm. yeah, it's guess. tough because he's packaged with malcolm brogdon too who has kind of been the same, same way yeah i honestly think malcolm brogdon's gonna be gone i, I think, think he is as well i don't think they, i think the trailblazers are trying to move him i think they'll keep him because like drew i think the whole point of bringing in drew was not maybe not the whole point but it was kind of like to mentor scoot but, but drew's drew, yeah they traded him because drew's too good they like Stay on it. Yeah. yeah. But I think Malcolm Brogdon is the right balance between good and being a veteran in this league. Who can yeah, he's show definitely him how to a play. decent backup guy yeah. to, to Scoot. 100%. I think obviously Scoot wins the starting job, like no questions asked. Yeah. But I think um, 
I think it was a good move for Boston. Oh, Drew 100%. Holiday is a yeah, very very underrated. Like you got to you got to compete with the Bucks. They I made a big say, move. Yeah. Severely underrated point guard. I also think Damian Lillard is the most severely underrated superstar in the NBA. Yeah, just because you're stuck in Portland for so long. He uh, had the like, best. To now he's got a, a not that. Milwaukee's a big market. He's going to be on national TV way more. This is oh, the yeah. best team he's ever been on. Yes. Yeah. This is national TV, week in, week out, especially since he was a big trade. He's mm-hmm. going to be playing on Thursday night on TNT a lot. I think he gets more eyes on him, and there's going to be more people that are like, wow, Damian Lillard's good. I He's one of my favorite point guards in the, in the league, if not my favorite. Man, yeah. I, hardly, is, I hardly watch basketball, and I love Damian Lillard. Yeah. He is so severely underrated because his teams just cannot help him in the playoffs. That I think he gets overlooked. I'm so much. happy that he's like Finally gone, gone from Portland. Yes. Because Unfortunately, I partially wish he got traded to a Western team because that's another guy we have to worry about as a Raptors fans. On the pod. Out, okay, but Raptors aren't good enough to compete yeah. with the Bucks anyway, so I'm not concerned about. No, it. but he'll 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 fall off by the time the Raptors. Oh are yeah, competing. when Scotty Barnes puts some good defense on him, he's gonna just retire midseason. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, that's one thing we that'll take forever to talk about. But I think the Raptors have low key had a very disappointing offseason. Oh, 100 percent. I don't think so, it's low key at all. I think no, it's it hot, very high key. Be like, and I not even offseason. I think it is, extends to the trade deadline last yes. year. Mm. In my opinion, they yeah. yes, they should have. They they were too wishy. They did the same thing Portland did, where they've been not wanting to trade anybody, wanting to keep the core together. They think they can do it. They think they're a piece away. They don't make any moves, and they just Blow slowly. CJ McCollum's gone. A year yes. later. If they made it, if they made it, and granted, the haul that Portland ended up getting overall was still very good. Oh, I think they're still a very decent young team now. But I, I think long term Portland won. Oh, easily the, the entirety. I think Lillard's got another four years in him. The the thing is, and he's gone. You're, I think you're right. This is not a long term deal for Milwaukee. They know no. their window is short with Giannis. He's already isn't he thirty? Or just just a little he's less just 30. under thirty, I think. So with a guy that's as athletic as that, you never know when he's the in his tenth year in the NBA. Yes, so that's crazy. So that is crazy. So he was probably twenty-one. So yeah, he's probably thirty-one. Twenty-eight. I'll, I'll, he's only twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. So he yeah. started eighteen. Uh, December out. birthday though, twenty-nine this year. Okay, so. You when the guy's that athletic, you never know when the fall off is coming. They know that they, they're one of the few teams where. I must go. I'm really okay. sorry. I have. Thank prior. you for being here today, Taylor. Did yes. a great yeah. job they, on the thank, analysis. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. Everybody, listen to on the podcast. Thanks for jumping in on, on the hockey Spotify. day. Um, I tried my best, Clayton. I feel sometimes bad because I'm just kind of sitting here. You did a great so, job today. So. Um, yeah, rate it five stars. Peace out. See you guys. I guess the week after next week. Yeah. See yeah. you later, bro. See ya. Um. Anyways, so yes, what was I saying? Yeah. So Giannis, you never know when the down, like the fall off is coming when guys are that athletic it can happen kind of whenever so you want to try and get the window sealed like this is your window you want to try and take like command of it like as early as you possibly can few times are like teams that are think they're one piece away and make the trade for that one piece does it actually work the raptors did it and obviously it worked and i think this is the same opportunity for the bucks i think so too i think this is the perfect move to make their biggest their biggest like flaw in their team, I think, was lack of playmaking and lack of perimeter shooting. And obviously, Dame is like one of the best perimeter shooters in the league up there with like Steph. Yeah. And same with the playmaking. So they have like a true point guard, like number one. Uh, obviously, their perimeter defense is taking a hit because Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league. Yeah. But I think your interior is good enough with Giannis and Brooke Lopez that it really isn't going to matter that much. As long as Brooke doesn't have a huge fall-off, yes. he is getting Which, older. Again, but they, the Bucks are the oldest team in the league, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So that's kind of why their, vi- their window's right now. 
And honestly, I think their window was right now anyways. Yes. And this this move doesn't change it. It's just they're making they're a better team than they were last yeah. season. Um, I think it's them and the Celtics in the East now. Who do you um, have on top? I just think that's it's, a tough question. It's but. so difficult to see anyone being able to stop an offense that's Dame and Giannis because the Bucks half court offense was not that good. Like they've been always really good in transition because Giannis can just run the floor and dunk because he's so athletic and just that much more athletic than everyone else on the floor. Their half court offense wasn't anything special, and now you have because how like how are you going to guard? Damian Lillard on the perimeter, who's shooting from 30, 35 feet. With and then Drew also, he, <laughs> True. Um, but then is anyone on the Celtics able to guard Giannis, nope. really? Nope. Like they Grant got, Williams gone. Grant Williams gone. Robert Robert's Williams gone. gone. Uh, they got Porzingis. He's not a great rim defender. Al Horford is old. Al Horford's old. So it's like, sure, you, maybe you can stop Dame. Um Sad news. Maybe we can talk about that afterwards. I think so, too. Um, yeah, it's just I have a hard time believing that Boston can stop the Bucks offense now. I think it's hard to imagine anyone being able to stop the Bucks offense when you have such a dominant force in the paint and such a dominant force from around the perimeter. It's, like, going to be impossible to stop. I'm very excited to watch Dame to Giannis oh, pick and roll. It's going to be so awesome. Dame looks good at a box jersey he does. too. He I, does. I thought like it. It still looks a little weird, but it's also fitting. It's just it, it just doesn't look that bad. Yeah. So, I just I'm honestly just excited to watch the Bucks this season because yeah. they're going to be such a fun team to yeah. watch. And then the other side of this obviously is the Celtics getting Drew Holiday, who I think is again that's a big improvement for them. Uh, point guard was kind of an iffy spot uh, last year. Um. Well, I was I was worried when they traded away Marcus Smart. Marcus, yeah, like they got Porzingis, but I I really Again. I don't know how I felt about that deal. I still don't know how I feel but about it. They filled that role. Filling now. that role makes it a lot Perfect better sense. for me. Yeah. So, again, it's kind of the East is going to be through Miami – or not Miami. I was going to say that they're the team now that kind of lost out on this uh, offseason. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to run through uh, Boston and Milwaukee. And, I mean – I guess the Nuggets in the West are still the team to beat, but man, the Celtics and the Bucks look like just powerhouses right now. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited for this upcoming season. I think the Dame deal. Be fun. I'm glad it finally got done. I was tired of the trade rumors, like Me you were talking too. about before. Holy! Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting him to go to Milwaukee, but honestly, I think that's kind of a perfect fit for him. Yeah. Um, and then, like I was saying, Miami. That is like a F. Minus minus of an off season. They, they had a yeah. They had it's a terrible. bad off season. They it's lost Struce. Struce. Um, like, I'll just I want to just go through. Oh, they lost uh, their point guard Struce. to the Lakers. Yes. Why am I blanking right now? Oh man, that Who's is the so... dog in the playoffs. I I feel horrible. I'm blanking oh, right my, now. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna go through Miami off season. Uh, no, they had they had a bad offseason. It was terrible. Their whole offseason built towards getting Dame, and they missed out on him. Yes. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent. That is who Dog. I was thinking of. He is very good. Um, and just, like, yeah, like you said, their whole, it was, like, centered around we're getting Dame. And honestly, he would have been a great fit in Miami, too, because I think that was another thing that uh, uh, Miami was missing out on, which is that consistent sort of uh, score, because obviously they Fair were, play. like, generationally like fantastic shooters in the playoffs 
like ridiculously good. They had that Miami thrice. I don't know what you'd call them. The Struess, Vincent, and I can't remember who the third, I guess. Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin, where they were just like absurdly good from deep. Um, but then it, obviously they didn't. They cooled off. They a cooled bit off. And it kind of was expected. Yeah. And I think that kind of consistent scoring option, number one, would have been huge for Miami. And Dame would have been a great fit there as well. And he was that's where he was rumored to go pretty much all off season and that's where he said he was gonna go all off season. Um and it just didn't end up happening. So I think it's just a failure from Miami. Yep. And they didn't get they didn't get any better this off season. They lost so many key pieces. It's kinda like up to Jimmy now, I guess, to carry that team, Jimmy and Bam. Um and I just don't know how it's going to go for them. They don't stack up to Boston or Milwaukee at all, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if they stack up to Philly. Yeah, that's true. Um, they just It was just super disappointing for them. So I think that's kind of it for the NBA. There really I have a couple points if oh, we want to stay on here yeah, for sure. a minute or two. It doesn't have to be long. but uh, Real quick here, Jimmy Butler Media Day. That was yeah, he's <laughs> so funny. I know, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Miami coming into the season, but yeah, the Jimmy Butler these last two seasons really, but this one specifically was just hilarious. His media day photos are always really funny. And like I said, if you look up Mark Davis, his hairstyle is funny. Look up Jimmy Butler, his hairstyle is funny. Um <laughs> It's just he always does something weird on media day, and it's channeling his inner My Chemical Romance with that <laughs> hairstyle. He is really it's a it's a definitely a different look for him. I will say somehow it doesn't look as weird as his dreads and shaven face. It looks the year it before. looks better, and it doesn't look good. No, it like, just doesn't make sense. That just to me. shows how bad it was last year. No, I would much rather look at this though, because yeah, I don't. Know, it's funny. It I think he funny. looks like Dennis Rodman. Take the hair away, the piercings. Yeah. He's like spot on. Yeah. But, uh, is, um, yeah, I have a couple points. Go ahead. Uh, well, there's been a bunch of talk about the Olympics next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just earlier today, Embiid mm-hmm. committed who, to Team USA. Yeah, yep. committed to Team USA when he had contention between the USA, uh, France and France Cameroon. And Cameroon. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I might have a bias, but I'm not an Embiid guy. No, me neither. And I just kind of think it's a soft move. Yes. Here's here is my. This was the first thing I thought when I saw that. He has been getting dogs in the Nikola Jokic discussion because Nikola has been better than him for the past three seasons. He's had the pity MVP this year because I think Nikola deserved to win it again and he just didn't. Here's here's my here's my viewpoint. Just quick question here. So I have context. Is Joel Embiid did he live in the United States before being in no, the NBA? He went to university. Oh, yes. Kansas. Yes. So that's it. Grew up. That's outside. all I know. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was in Cameroon okay. all before so. then. But regardless, obviously, somehow he's eligible to play for Team USA. Um, what was I saying? Oh, right. This is this was the this was the hater brain and motion working here. He is committing to Team USA so that if Nikola Jokic plays in the Olympics, Team USA is going to beat Serbia. I would say it's pretty much a done deal. So then. On that Embiid resume, he can say head-to-head beat Nikola Jokic in the Olympics. Therefore, he's the better player. Soft. Soft. I Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's a soft move. I un- I understand he is eligible to play in those three countries, and he could choose where he wanted to. But, I don't know. <sighs> M-Flop continues to be soft, yep. as he has tended to do throughout his whole career. He's a good player, but I... 
He is. I, I don't. He's, I don't yeah. support it. No. Um, obviously, Team USA is going to be a superpower, though. Well, yeah. Uh, on media day, a plethora of NBA players have said they were committed. Yeah, Braun, KD, Steph, AD, Bam. AD did too, didn't he? AD, uh, yeah. Uh, Bam, Demar Derozan, Devin Booker, Kyrie, and Kawhi and PG. Listen. Among many more. All Listen. that to lose to Luca. I was going to say champions. all that. All that to lose to when Dylan Brooks drops forty on your head again. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be hilarious. Hey, I just hope Canada gets Jamal Murray. I mean, we've talked about this before, yes. but Jamal Murray and Andrew Wiggins both need to play. Maybe bring in Nemhard and uh, the other Benedict guys. Matherin? Yeah, Matherin. Tristan Thompson, is he still playing? I th- is he? I don't know. Yeah, he's re-signed with the Cavs. Okay. Back in the land, folks. Yeah. Victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> um what else was there in there? Uh, my last po- I have two points. Fred Van Vliet looks so oh, yeah. weird wearing a Houston Rockets number five jersey. <laughs> looks terrible. I. It, it just makes me sad. A little bit. I and mean, then I look at the, the money books, and I'm not as sad. I'm not, it's not nearly as bad. I get the deal for the Rockets and why they did it, but, yeah, you're right. It just doesn't. It looks incorrect. Yeah. Um. And I guess the kind of the one thing we didn't really talk about is the Suns in the Dame trade. I don't like their I don't like their return. I don't either. I think they don't really solve their problem. They get a little bit more depth, but they don't solve their problem of lack of rim protection because Yusuf Nurkic is not a good defender. No. He's one of the worst in terms of centers. Um and I still think the team, the issue with the team is the depth, and you know you're one KD injury away from not being a you know solid team at all. Obviously, they got Bradley Beal as well in the off season. I do, I do like Bradley Beal. I yes. like that deal more now now that they've filled out their roster. Yeah, and that kind of gives you some security for Kevin Durant going down a little bit. And I think it it'll just end up being like load management central down there in Phoenix. As much as they can. As much as they can. The new rules. rules. Have we talked about that at all? I don't think we have. We can go over that in like an NBA preview episode or something, I think. But yeah, you're right. With the load management rules, it'll be just however much they can. Um, But yeah, I just don't think it was a good return for Phoenix. No. Um, Yeah, like I said, Yusuf Nurkic just is not a good defender, and I think that was one of their biggest issues. Grayson Allen is solid. Grayson Allen's a good bench piece for yep. them, which is what they need. Um, and uh, I think the biggest thing was just getting the off the DeAndre Ayton contract. Yeah, that was the biggest. That thing. gives them the some money space deal. to work with in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, but I think this is going to be a failure from the Phoenix Suns. I, I don't think this team's holding up in the no. playoffs. Um, once you have to start going down deeper into the bench, and some guys on the bench need to pick it up. You can't have KD out there for. I mean, maybe he will play for forty the whole entire game because he's done it before. But I just don't. I just don't think their depth holds up in the playoffs compared to some other teams. I like, just. I don't trust. I know this was a thing like, I guess it would be like, six years ago now. But this whole super team thing with the three really big guys, it hasn't worked no. since the Warriors. Yep. And Unless you want to count the Bucks with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, it's, just not, the same. it's not the same level. No, but they're also a lot fuller around those guys. This team doesn't have that the depth. depth. Yeah, and obviously the team that you think of, well, at least the team that I think of, is the Raptors. 
because obviously they didn't want a championship run, and they had so many guys contributing from so many different spots. Van Vliet wasn't the guy he is now in that playoff series, and he didn't look good until he had the he had his kid <laughs> the in baby the game the baby game, and then he all of a sudden he picked it up as the series or the playoffs went on. But you just had so many good depth pieces, and you had so many guys contributing from you know the bench, and it was just it was like such a well built team. And this is the exact opposite of that, where they have three obviously superstar players, and then once you get towards you know five, six, seven, eight in the roster, it's like you're really getting down to it. And I don't know, like Utah Watanabe is going to be getting big minutes, and obviously he looked really good in Brooklyn last year, but. Uh, is he going to continue to hold that up? I don't know. Josh Akogi is going to have to play the best defense of, of his, his entire life. life. Yes, he's going to have to carry this squad. It's it's. I just I don't know how it's going to work. I feel like, and for Phoenix, like I think he kind of had to do it because he went all in on Kevin Durant. Yeah, and obviously, if Bradley Beal's on the market, you should make an offer to him and try and get him. And I just don't think that Beal was what you needed for that team. They already had two great creators in Booker and Durant and they're great scorers, so now you just added a third. Um, I want to see this team do good because I think they'll be fun to watch offensively. Oh, 100%. And maybe they'll just, like, beat everyone in the offensive race, and it won't matter how much, how many points they give up because they'll score 140 a game. But I just don't – the combination of Kevin Durant needing to stay healthy and then the lack of depth just really concerns me because, really, when you think about it, you win the championship by being the healthiest team and that's like the biggest thing is if you're going in there with your top guys all healthy and the team you're playing has injuries, chances are you're going to beat them. Happened with the Raptors. Um, they stayed healthy. Golden State didn't. And that was a big factor as to why Toronto won. So when you're, I'd say your best player, Kevin Durant, is injury prone and has been for a while just because he's getting up there in age. Um, it's really concerning. And uh, just kind of how it works in the NBA is you got to stay healthy, and I don't know if I trust this Phoenix team to do that. So. Exactly. Um, My last point, I, I don't know if you guys saw um, a Raptors jersey got leaked. Dennis Schroeder leaked a black and gold pinstripe jersey, ooh. and oh my goodness. I'm going to have to search it up. It is sexy. I'm looking right now. Is it like a gold base? and then Yeah, gold base, black outline. And like faint Ooh. gray pinstripes. Okay, I see I, that. I like it. Oh, that is so that cool, is very right? Nice. That is very nice. I, I've gotten a little tired of the black and gold uh, as of late, but I, I really up. like that. That I, is so yeah. cool. The pinstripes just don't miss. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan of that. That is so well, cool. Well, we have one thing to look forward to as Raptors fans this season, and that's seeing those jerseys out on the floor. And Dick. <laughs> Grady Dick. <laughs> Grady Dick <laughs> for the folks listening at home. Yeah, he'll be good to watch too. I'm excited to see him. I was about to explain. Do I, need, or I was about to say, do we need to put an explicit mark on this? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's not what we mean. Um, no. And uh, what's the what's the little point guard's name? What's his name? I can't remember. Marquise Noel. Marquise Noel, who's going to be finals MVP according to him. MVP, finals MVP. I love it. I love. He I like looked the confidence. so good in March he Madness did. too. And oh. he looked good in the preseason. Yeah. We were getting Noel to, well, I'll say Grady. Noel to Grady was looking <laughs> like a good, like a good duo out there in the preseason or summer league, I guess. He's gonna have to. He like he's got a lot going against him with his oh, yeah. size, but I don't know. Rooting for the guy. Absolutely. Um, I was going to just quickly mention here. We got some news in 
breaking news: the Columbus Blue Jackets have released Aaron Dell, friend, friend of, of the, the show. show, friend of the show, Aaron Dell, from his PTO. This is a message to every NHL team out there: pick him up, pick him up. Decent, decent goalie. He's Listen, friend of the armchair athletes. He's only a great guy. Only so. NHL goalie that's been on the armchair athletes. So you'll have someone unique on your roster. He's great guy, solid backup. So why not? Um, another want to mention as well. Forgot to quickly give a shout out. MRU women's hockey raising their championship banner tomorrow night against the U of A. Uh, friend of the show, Lindsey Jane's part of that team as well. Um, so yeah. I guess we have to talk about MLB. Oh no. I, I feel like oh here here. I feel like you should video it for the TikTok, which by the mm. way, if you're not following, it is True. at Armchair Athletes on TikTok. And so we have that. We have our Instagram, of course. Hope hope you've been following that for a while because it's been up for a while. It's true. But, I mean, never too late to hit the follow button on that. At the Armchair Athletes. Twitter is at Chair Athletes. Was enough spaces for a good username <laughs> there. <laughs> so here we go. Terrell, take it away. I really don't know how much there is to say about the Toronto Blue Jays. I feel like everything that has been wrong with them the entire season just came it just showed itself in its like worst form against the twins i had some faith going into the uh series because the offense seemed to be turning around a little bit but it's just it's so like i can't even explain it it doesn't even make sense this has been the most disappointing blue jays team i've seen in such a long time and they weren't even like bad they won 89 games this season which is pretty good it's the bone of the best seasons they've had in a while and it just doesn't matter because throughout the entire season, I felt so disappointed and I never wanted to watch them play because I knew that something would happen. The offense wouldn't put up any runs and you'd waste a great start from Gosman or Bassett or Barrios or Kukuchi or whoever is starting because the rotation has been so good all year and the offense has been so bad all year. It's just been like the most frustrating season I think I've seen in such a long time. And to put up zero runs in a wild card series where the other team averaged, I think it was two and a half, they got five runs over two games, and you got swept, is embarrassing. It's such like a disappointment to a disappointing season when we had, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer came in and looked great, and Brandon Belt came in and looked great, and Jordan Hicks came in midseason and looked great. And now it's just, it's all for nothing. Um, I was a big Vlad guy, and I think I still am. Uh, I love him, but it was a disappointing season from him. Um, Dalton Varsho looked great in the def- great, looked great in the outfield on defense. We had, I think, the best defensive outfield in all of baseball. Couldn't swing a bat to save his life, and we saw that you know come back to haunt him in the end of the last Twins game there. And then Matt Chapman, who started off looking like he was going to get you know blank check this off season because he's a free agent, uh, started off as hot as anyone could be, and then was hitting like below 200 for the rest of the season. So it's just so many pieces who should have done more than they did, couldn't do it. And then, obviously, the biggest question mark coming into the season was the starting rotation. And Manoa was terrible, and we like don't even have to get into him because that was just a train wreck, a disaster of a year for him. Um, but, you know, Kikuchi picked it up, and Barrios picked it up, and Bassett was such a great signing, um, where with our number one guy out for the season, they pitched terrible for the time that he was in. Um, the rest of the guys, you know, pulled the rotation together, and they were one of the best starting rotations in all the sport. And the bullpen was so good. And then the offense just couldn't do it any time that it mattered. So 
the Jose Barrios pitching move, like, just baffled me. I did, really didn't understand it. You have, he's looked fantastic through three innings of work, and you pull him in the fourth and bring him Kikuchi, and immediately he gives up two runs. So it's just, I don't understand it. If I, assuming that wasn't John Schneider's decision, I would assume it came from someone up top, even pregame, because why you would choose to pull him out after he looked that good uh, so early in the game just doesn't really make sense to me. So I feel like it wasn't a decision solely on John Schneider. However, he's had so many terrible moves throughout the entire season as a manager that if he's not fired, I think it's a failure. Um, Same with Guillermo Martinez. You have so much talent on this offense. And Vlad took, did not look good. And how you could have a you know generational hitter like Vlad who hit 48 home runs two seasons ago is like, and have him look this bad is absurd to me. It's obviously the talent's still there, it, whether it's a failure on coaching or he just hasn't been up to snuff working out, whatever, I don't know. But Guerrero Martinez shouldn't be back next year either. Um, man, just this Blue Jays team was so horrifically frustrating to watch the entire year. And... It didn't get any better in the playoffs. And I don't know why I expected anything different because I've said that their offense has been bad and it continued to be bad and it never stopped being bad. Um, So shout out to the Blue Jays pitchers because they were all very good this season. And uh, to the Blue Jays batters, I hope you can figure it out for next year because that's really all we got. Um, Free agents. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier is a free agent. Hyunjin Ryu is a free agent. Brandon Belt's a free agent. Matt Chapman's a free agent. Whit Merrifield's a free agent. Uh, Jordan Hicks as well, who we traded for midseason. I want to see them bring back Jordan Hicks for sure. I think he was great as a setup man for Jordan Romano. Um, everyone else, Brandon Belt sounds like he might retire. It said he was going to talk to his family and make a decision. Um, Hyunjin Ryu, I think he's going to try and sign with the MLB team. I'm not sure what he's going to get just with the injury history and uh, kind of tapering off towards the end of the year. But I want to see him bring back Hicks. I want to see him bring back Kiermaier, although I hope he goes somewhere else because I don't want him to be on a disappointment of a team like he was this year. I want him to go to a good team who's in the playoffs and has a ch- shot at contention. Um, Yeah, I mean, just a bad season from the Blue Jays. So there's always next year, I guess. But, uh, yeah, this season was... Just not fun to watch, even though they looked okay in the win and loss columns. But just wanted to shout out Greg Lawson. Ah, yes. Family friend told my mom today to tell whoever is covering baseball, that would be you, Terrell. It would. To chew out the Jays manager for pulling Barrios after four innings and 47 pitches. And, again, and you did that. Again, I don't know if it was just a John Snyder decision. Everyone involved in that should be fired if it wasn't just him. Yeah. Because that was just such a boneheaded move. And obviously the comparison is going to be Blake Snell for the Rays when he got pulled in the World Series after going five hitless and then they lost. This is like up there in terms of level of stupidity. It's just, just doesn't make sense to me. You could look at him and you see that he's dealing, so you just leave him in the game. And even if he gives up some runs, like... It's... it's it just boggles my mind that they did it twice. Yeah. They did it with Gosman, Gosman last too. year. So, you know, John Schneider should be fired. Um, I think that's an unacceptable move. What about Shapiro and Atkins? Um, 
I don't know. That's tough. I think definitely Schneider and Guillermo both should be fired. Guillermo Martinez. Atkins. I feel like a lot of the moves he made weren't terrible. No. And especially with pitching. Bassett was a great signing. Gosman was a great signing. Hyunjin Ryu was kind of the first guy to, you know, get the ball rolling out of our rebuild. Yeah. So even if he wasn't, you know, Cy Young like he was with the Dodgers, I think that was still a good move. George Springer's been great for us. So I don't think it's on him. I think the talent's on the roster, and uh, it's up to the coaches to get the most out of their talent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Atkins and Shapiro, I don't know. I don't know. I think... uh, a lot of people will probably be calling for them to be fired, but you look at the team, and I think it's a pretty well-built team. It's just that a lot of guys didn't live up to what they should have been doing. So it's – and the last thing I'll say, I guess, with the two, I think, biggest holes in the lineup were Chapman and Varsho, and it's hard to build a winning offense when you have pretty much consistent outs at the bottom of your lineup every time they go up. So Yeah. Yeah, your defense can be great, but you got to hit the ball every once in a while. So, Yeah. Alrighty, <laughs> is that it for today, boys? I think so. No, man, it's been two hours. I feel like we got another <laughs> hour in us. <laughs> got s- s- Thursday night football tonight. Commanders Bears. Oh, that'll be such a good game. <sighs> <sighs> got to rush home for that. <laughs> I got to make sure to tune in. I got to watch Justin Fields put up a historic 400 yards. Can't wait five for us to laugh at the Bears again next week. Listen, Justin Fields, I want you to turn it around, please, or get traded to Seattle and let let our quarterback coaches. <laughs> Treat you properly. Get on a good team. Did you see the Bears GM wishes uh, Chase Claypool luck and throughout the rest of his career? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, What do you need to do that for? He's like publicly stated he doesn't want to be with the team. Why are you wishing him luck? I think that's about it for today. Thank you for tuning in once again. At least hopefully it's once again. If not, <laughs> hope you do turn in again. Yeah, hopefully I didn't. Hopefully you're not a big John Schneider supporter and I didn't turn you off from our show because I don't think he's a very smart manager. Um, make sure you follow us on all of our social medias, Armchair Athletes, uh, pretty much everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we don't have Facebook or LinkedIn if you're looking for those. Yeah, if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're searching for us on LinkedIn, we are not, we are not on there. Yet. Um, Pinterest yet. either. Oh, Pinterest, true. Um YouTube, I guess. That's a pretty big one. We're not on there. Yeah, that's true. That's it's in the works. Hopefully. We're, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be cooking something up. Um, Follow but, us uh, on Spotify. True. Apple Music at the Armchair Athletes. And if you're listening to us on Spotify and- Apple you, Podcasts, I should clarify. Apple my, Podcasts. My brother didn't know that. There's he thought, separate platforms? Yeah. He thought it was on Apple Music. And he's like, well, I ain't got Apple Music, so why would I- I'm not going to be able to yeah. listen. And I told him yesterday, I'm like, no, it's Apple Podcasts. That's yeah. my bad. Um, well, good, Will. But yeah, you've if, done great work so if you're, far. If you're uh, putting in the effort to tune into us on Spotify, make sure you give us a five-star review. If you don't think we're worth a five-star review, do not tune into Spotify. Do not give us a review unless it's going to be five stars. Because if you don't, like I said last week, I will track you down and we will have a discussion about this face-to-face if it's less than five stars. Also, tell us what we got right and what we got wrong on our I- yes. IG posts. Also, We've got our picks up there, and we'll have some rants up there, can, too. Gonna, I'm going to post my rankings after this show. 
I've got five bullet predictions for the NHL this year. I figured I wouldn't be able to fit them into the show themselves. Maybe I'll explain them on the next episode. I expect to take a ton of heat for them because they are actual bold predictions. They are not your typical yes. Austin Matthews wins the heart. That's not a bold prediction. So these are actual bold predictions, and I expect to take a ton of heat from them. I expect a bunch of hate because they are actually outlandish, which is the whole point of an actual bold take. All stuff you believe, though. Yes, I, I believe. There's not anything I say on this show that I don't believe. True. Come on. We would never lie. <laughs> Folks at home, we would never lie to push some sort of agenda or something that we believe to be true. Everything we, everything we say is directly from the heart. We will never tell a lie on this show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Thanks, folks.